0: is a have you got to the um,
1: the third trial? No, I'm I'm at the second trial at the moment right. I did literally at every quest I had I, uh, before I started the second trial, so I feel already very overpowered. Um, but no, I have not gotten to the the third one. I'm at the second trial.
0: Right, right, okay. Just finished
1: the second trial. Let me put it this way. I finished the second trial, so. Yeah, it
0: is the third one. The third one is so cool. Um, Third one, really, really cool, actually, because it changes up the game's art style entirely to, like, sketchbook. Oh, so Sweet. the entire, the entire like level that you play on the third one is like, like the entire thing. Mm. It's still 3D, but the entire like all of the artwork and all of the detail is all sketchbook. But it's only just black and white. Nice. So cool. Nice. I really like the way they've done
1: that. Um. Sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, but yeah, overall, just had so much fun with the game. I've got just teetering on 61 hours on the game now. Mm. Um, but for those who don't want to 100% complete it and things like that um, and just go straight for the story and straight at the end, you're probably going to finish it in about 30-odd hours. Um, maybe it's 40 hours. Um, okay. But for those who do want to do 100%, it's like 60 hours, which is still less than Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So
1: <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely feels smaller um, yeah. than, in, than in Valhalla, And even if you don't want to do a lot of the side stuff, I feel like this game, um, it doesn't give you the feeling that you're missing out on things. Like in Malhalla, you always had like the feeling you kind of have to do at least uh, every second side quest because otherwise you're... Having the right level or whatever, and and Hogwarts isn't that way. So if you, if you're not into doing side stuff, uh, yeah, the game, you, you it doesn't feel like you're missing out. Uh, yeah, on the game. I mean,
0: there's some this. Uh, so they've got the main story, and then they've got three relationship quests mm. that you do that you'll that you'll all be doing, and they're all um optional. To a point, sometimes their quests are the main story, yeah, and sometimes it's not. Um, but they are all interesting stories, nonetheless. Um, they, are, they are
1: definitely, yeah, uh, the well relationship quests, especially, they are very well written, and yeah, uh, definitely, absolutely. I
0: really like Sebastian's, I think, was probably the coolest one, as much as I liked. Um,
1: that's the one where you with, with the who has the friend, the, the blind friend, right, that's the Sebastian.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize he was blind blind until, like, the last section of doing that, and I was like, oh, he's actually yeah. a blind.
1: <laughs> yeah, him. they mentioned that at the very beginning, uh, but, yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's, yeah, yeah but, that's uh, such a cool, such a cool quest all the way through that, and kind oh, of yeah. seeing him struggle to try and justify it and, he just wants to sort things out and fix things. and um, But, of course, that's also the same question. You learn the unfor- unforgivable curses. So
1: Yes. I learned Crucio now. I want to learn Abracadabra. Um, he gives so. you the
0: option on Ab- uh, Avada Kedavra. He's yeah. like, do you want to learn it? Do you not want to learn it? And there's a there's a reason why he teaches you, or at least gives you the option to it. But obviously, when you get there, you'll get there. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah it's uh it's really good but even i liked seeing all the different visions and things throughout the game and it kind of going back to what the teachers were saying and what was happening and things like that but i think i think the the bonus for this is and again i've said this about the films as well if we're talking about the harry potter films but it's the setting itself hogwarts you can write so many different stories wrote so many different things yeah You don't have to be Harry Potter and Hermione and Ron. It can be whoever. And Hogwarts is, is, I mean, it's smashing records for a reason. Um, Mm. Everybody wants to be a wizard or a witch. Everybody wants to be engrossed in that world. And there's only one thing that was not the same as in the films, in the castle, and a lot of people might have missed it, but it's the big long bridge from the courtyard near the Great Hall all the way across the valley the, that isn't in the game,
1: which is surprising. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. They have that bridge, that wooden bridge, the wooden bridge in the but game, they don't have the big, but the, the, the one of, uh, out, out the of stone, stone, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only you're one right. they
0: don't have in I don't know whether or not that's intentional mm-hmm. because it's set hundreds of years before this, whether or not yeah. that stone bridge was an, an addition like a 100 years later or something like that. They added it to the castle. God knows who knows, um, but um, but it's such a good game, such a good game. I'm having so much fun with it. I had I've had so much fun tracking down all the different like like um, the wands and things like that. When you find all the different wand handles and trying to find the the most evil dark wizard handle I could find. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: a true Slytherin, a true yeah. Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: Same for the. Um, for the broom as well. There's so many brooms in the game as well. You can choose from. Um, there's about, I think there's 15, 13, no, 15 in total, 13 that you collect. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so I could, I could literally talk about it all day because it's, I've just been playing it kind of nonstop. It's very rare that I get into games like that where I want hundred percent complete them. A lot of them, I just get the story done and never go back to them. Mm. There's been a handful of games over the last few years where I've wanted 100% completed. There's only one that I haven't yeah. yet done, and I need to go back and finish it. And that's Psychonauts 2. I've got like two mm-hmm. achievements left to get, but I want to get them. Um, God of War is one of them where I've 100%ed both games.
1: I remember that. Yeah,
0: this is exactly the same. Like it's it's just got its teeth into us to the point where I just want to get everything. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I am fully with you, I, except on the achievement stuff, I don't care yeah. about those. Uh, but, like, it's it's been a while since I've felt that immersed into a game. Um, like, I play a lot of RPGs and open world games. I always talk to you about how I... Really like the Ubisoft games. Um, I love The Witcher. I just came I off of my me
0: and you notoriously both loved Valhalla,
1: and yes. a lot
0: of people hated that game.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, but yeah, I, I just came off of my uh fifth playthrough of The Witcher, including the DLCs. Um, and yeah, man, it's it, it is. A wonderful game the world is is what's proper english word so um cohesive you know it makes sense to may have that world as an rpg it feels natural that you go to class and learn a spell and therefore improve your character i i mean it's not just like in in other rpg so oh you beat like 100 guys and uh, that's why you will suddenly learn uh, a magical ability but here you you have your professors they they try to teach you stuff and you have to do stuff for them in order for them to teach you even more spells and it just makes sense you know what i mean um you have like the tie into the the beast movies with uh you collecting beasts and and using their their hair and whatnot uh their fur uh whatever their feathers uh, to improve your clothing yeah um So I, it it all makes kind of sense in this world. And then it is just so colorful. And at the same time, you have like um, the seasons. Yeah, the world changes from fall to winter. In in my playthrough right now, winter just started and suddenly everything looks different. You know, Um, I feel that is wonderfully done. Then you have like these fantastically written stories um the combat is fantastic um like yeah you have those those four spells you can assign basically to your to your button set uh, but they are all on a cooldown and then you can unlock different uh, like uh, sets of, of of configurations and um you have the dodging and rolling and blocking and uh, you, you can specialize on on those or not and And you know about the
0: blocking as well. There's one one thing I didn't know until really late on in the game, and I had to look this thing up because I I, I must have just missed it somehow. When you hold down the block for your shield and let go just a little bit later, when you've held down the block once they've hit you, Mm -hmm. you then fire back at them, like directly after. I did not know that till just after. Like more, like I never use the
1: block. I always dodge.
0: So when when the do when the Y pops up on screen to get mm. to put your shield up, do that, like hold that, but then hold it down for a couple of seconds until it's hit you, and then it, like a second after, and then let go, and it f- he fires back at them. It's like a um, spec? yeah, okay. a return spell, mm. and it basically confuses them and just stand there just like that. So then it becomes a lot easier to do damage. <laughs>
1: I think i only have used the block thing in the tutorial and after that yeah. i always dodge roll like <laughs> always <laughs> there's um some,
0: there's some that you can't do that with the ones with y you can the ones with b just dodge mm. <laughs> um
1: yeah and then we have this world like and, and then you like you said you learn to fly the broom, as you can see here right now in the footage, of course. But then you also have, like, um that your griffins um, that you can fly. Uh, it, it just and, is... And is... another
0: thing as well later on in the game, much later on in the game, no, it's a damn shame they don't include that much earlier. Because the last thing, the last mountable thing that mm-hmm. you get is so cool it's so cool <laughs> but you just wish sure. you'd unlock it earlier because it's I don't... ginormous
1: <laughs> okay okay <laughs> yeah man so the game deserves uh, uh the success and man it's been breaking records um yeah. uh actually i had it down as a topic for later but we can just might as well just talk about this roll right, it, yeah. <laughs> right now uh the the game is, is absolutely smashing it. Um they have uh in the UK, yeah, um the in uh the game sold in its first week eighty percent more than Elden Ring. Um was of course therefore the biggest uh uh week for any Harry Potter game ever in in the UK. Then We know or or learned that the digital sales for Hogwarts Legacy uh, greatly surpass. and I'm I'm quoting now here um, uh, from an article from WCCF Tech, um, digital uh, Hogwarts Legacy sales greatly surpasses those of Eldring across Europe. This is uh, coming from Games Industries' um, Christopher Dring, who now reports that digital downlight data for Europe has come in with impressive sales data for Hogwarts. According to Drink the Game, digital launch sales were 56% bigger across Europe than those of Elden Ring. Also, Hogwarts Legacy is outside of Call of Duty and FIFA the biggest game launch since 2018's Red Dead Redemption 2. You know what's even crazier? It's crazy. You know what's even crazier? The PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch versions aren't even out yet. They are not even out yet. It's basically only PC and current gen consoles. True that, man. True that.
0: <laughs> Which is nuts. Which is absolutely nuts.
1: Definitely. That being, definitely. And we
0: know that, that like Elden Ring in its first couple of weeks did something like 20 million or something. It was like insane yeah. numbers.
1: Yeah. So, so- I have no doubt uh, that this is going to be probably the most successful game this year. Even yeah. when Starfield comes out, I know Starfield has also like the potential to become a super massive success this year. Absolutely. No doubt. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think the the but,
0: thing behind this and a lot of people keep trying to say, it's like, this is what happens with like big IPs, but it, it isn't what happens with Spider-Man it is what happens with yeah. all of those. It's literally very specific, very specific audiences where games like this just blow up. Yeah. Hog- Har- the Harry Potter universe is one of those universes which are just insurmountable. For if they yes. do it right, then the game is good. And in this yeah. case, the game's had rave reviews aside from some of the controversy behind kind of some of the people. Um, the game in itself, rave reviews, very few people had an issue with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Loved it, in fact. Um, but then you have a look at others in the in the area, and uh, in that case, you've got maybe Star Wars, when it was firing on all cylinders, would have been a mammoth title. Like Jedi, Fort, or Jedi Survivor, I expect to do very well. But yes. it's not as big as it once was. Harry Potter, for instance, still in the UK now, for anybody in the UK who has Sky, knows that pretty much every other month, Sky have a dedicated channel just for Harry Potter, and it just loops Mm. every Harry Potter, like on a full circle, forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Harry Potter is still a a pretty big pop culture phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people grew up uh, with the books and... Um, right. Of course, the movies and uh, and even the Beast movies, they weren't quite as successful. Yeah. But yeah. And then, still... then
0: they had the issue with John yeah. Depp. And then, then because he wasn't in the last one and they replaced yeah, him yeah. with somebody else, then that nosedived. So... Yeah.
2: No, um, it's, a, it's
0: an issue that they have to try and try and overcome i think it would it would be wild not to see a new version of the after this game has been so successful it would be wild a not to see a continuation of the films in some capacity like the actual yeah. films not fantastic beasts yeah and it would also be wild not to get another hogwarts in the Legacy. future yeah yeah
1: There will most certainly be a Hogwarts Legacy 2. Like
0: they would imagine imagine this studio looking at the sales and and just going, Oh god. Like (laughs) this is the It's crazy. If you
1: think about this, the studio itself has never released like a triple A game. Not even close to what a double A game is. Yeah. Um so they came basically out of nowhere and release a massive open world game with one of the most recognizable um, characters or or a, a lore in the world. Uh, and they totally nailed it because this game could have also gone down South Hill. Yeah. Um, but they absolutely nailed it. And overnight, they became like Warner Brothers' biggest gaming IP. I mean, more successful than the Arkham games. Yeah. I don't know what's bigger than the Arkham games from from Warner Bros, nothing. <laughs> nothing. So um no, the biggest IP was
0: their biggest IP.
1: Was their b- biggest IP and now it's this.
0: And you know what um, is? I don't blame I don't blame people for being so dubious about it because notoriously film adaptations into games haven't hit the mark. Like Spider-Man's being Spider-Man and Batman Arkham have been two separately different things that they're the the outliers yeah like the most recent spider-mans by insomniac and arkham are the outliers of where film adaptations have actually done well the rest have True. been eh, they've been average we've loved them like the star wars games like you wouldn't play any of the previous apart from knights of the old republic but when you talk in mass market no like mass market on playing Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. But there Jedi were a couple Fallen of Order. Star Wars games. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, that have been uh, like mass market. So
0: yeah, like Jedi Fallen Order is like br- yeah. such a brilliant game and the perfect mm. thing that they needed to do for Star Wars. Problem is, is it wasn't wasn't given the same view that this game has had. Like, a lot of people probably still haven't played Fallen Order, and to me, that's a must-play for any Star Wars fan.
1: Most certainly. We have some amazing news about Jedi Fallen Order, so I made it, like, really the headline topic of but, yeah, what what did I say? Fallen order?
0: Because fall uh, I mentioned yeah. Fallen Order, so you just uh, with it.
1: Sorry, no, I I meant of course about Jedi Survivor. So yeah. I made it a headline story, Dutch. It's it's, and it's like front and center in the thumbnail. <laughs> well it is boxy. I
0: can I can already sense if if Jedi Survivor and I was gonna say Fallen Order again then. If Jedi mm. Survivor is as good as Fallen Order. But it's now got the same kind of tropes as to
1: get a little bigger push,
0: yeah. Like, and it looks like they've kind of went a little bit more open. Mm. You've got mountables. This is let's talk anything. about
1: that in a uh, in a yeah. second because we have some fantastic info. Oh, on definitely. Yeah.
0: If if it goes to that, I hope this gets the same rave reviews and mass market appeal as as Hogwarts has because if it does that's going to be another game and i'm going to be sitting and and doing 100 it's one of them i love the first one so much but there was a few things certain things that i want changed and if they've done that now which we'll get to, and those things have been rectified then this is god it's going to be so difficult to pick the game of the year this year because High Five Rush started off. Hogwarts has been unbelievable. Absolutely. Jedi Survivor
1: is, like, Come one in. of my most anticipated of this year. You know, a game that I'm super excited for, but nobody talks about it, and it comes out in, in May, is Suicide Squad. We get the new Rocksteady game this year, man.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah, we do. I know you're um, not the biggest...
1: We... I know you're not the biggest superhero fan. I don't mind
0: Suicide Squad because it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, which is why I don't mind Guardians of the Galaxy because again, I love that game and it didn't take itself seriously. It was fun, had awesome music, the acting was cool. It felt like more of the movie than it did the game, so it actually fit really well, and it was just such a cool and 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 great experience. but yeah, I have, like I'm not the biggest Batman fan, so like trying to play them games, it was it's again, it's too serious. I don't really like the the old school characters and things like that. Um, so like when people talk about the old school characters, I mean like the original <sighs> Penguin and Iceman things like that. Like I love no,
1: those. No. Oh man, no, so cheesy. one of one of my <laughs> probably definitely <laughs> my top three uh, gaming IPs. I absolutely love. Oh, them. I, I love can see. I can Universe. see why. I can't absolutely Um,
0: see why i would hope that one day someone does with batman what they managed to do with spider-man what do you mean i know the arkham the arkham games were really good but i think one of the things about the arkham games is just consistently playing all the time during the night time and like never really seeing the beauty Uh, of the world mm.
1: i i i don't mind I don't mind that at all because Batman has to be played uh at night i uh, i don't I don't mind that, and honestly, like an Arkham City is still one of the best games ever made i I told you that before I only have six games that i I rate a ten out of ten and Arkham City is one of them um that game it's just fantastic from start to finish. Like the mood, the story, the side quests, the world, the, the combat, the the writing—it's it, it is phenomenal. Uh, it, it still holds up, by the way, exceptionally. Now with FPS boost, and it's it's still the best showcase for what Auto HDR can do. Um, no man, uh, Spider Man can learn a, a thing or two from, from Arkham City. Uh, most certainly <laughs> I would get, yeah, I mean,
0: uh, I with regard to Spider-Man you know I've been before Hogwarts dropped I've been yeah. making my way through that and I've been trying to kind of what I did want to do is just try and do everything in Spider-Man and, and as opposed to just finish the game because the achievements are super easy sorry the trophies are super easy for Spider-Man mm. like, there's not much to do on them so I was going to just platinum that um, and as much as I'm not a Spider-Man fan they, especially the movies for me they're just like ultra cheesy uh, it's I just can't get away with the films I've tried I've watched them a few times and I'm just like eh like I don't get hyped for them they're kind of mm. just just something to watch and sometimes um, I just wonder like but I'll also yeah. but at the same time as much as I'm not a big Batman fan I love the Dark Knight trilogy I thought the Dark Knight trilogy mm. was brilliant yes. um, the Joker like the best Joker that there is um, by, by, by far, um, the Bane segment that was so well done. That was a little bit more gritty, but again, yeah, you see Batman during the day, and this is what I'm saying: like it doesn't always have to be at night because you, it's quite plain that some of these more darker stories, like when you see with yeah. the Joker and with Bane, yeah, day, night, whatever, like give us that world where these where these characters are involved properly. Like these more serious versions, not like the the Jim Carrey version of the joke where he's got question marks everywhere and things like or the Riddler, or whatever yeah, he's yeah. called. Um, honestly,
1: did, did you see the, the Riddler in the new Batman? Uh yeah. You know, the Batman. Um yeah. that's a Riddler. Yeah, yeah, scary as fuck. So Yeah,
0: it's exactly yeah, man, what it uh, be, personally, because yeah. I think Batman yeah, yeah. in itself should be dark, should be gritty, should yes. be like that, that's
1: that's why I beard. love the that's why I love the 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 Arkham games so much. They they have that dark gritty setting for Batman. None of the the characters are taken um, into into silliness or something. Uh, yeah, and and, and and that's
0: that's the reason I didn't like the original Batman films because like Penguin was I could that was so. Cheesy. I mean, come on, the one like, the one Sonic the first Walker one with was, with Keaton was good. Called. The first two <laughs> with Keaton were were, were yeah.
1: good, yeah. The then first two we Keaton got
0: good, but the, the it's just the, the villains were so god awful. <laughs>
1: mm. I mean, there was a different. I mean, yeah. it, it was a different area. Uh, oh god, yeah. So I, I, it got really cheesy with the third one with the with Two Face and Riddler and Val uh, Bell Kil- Bell Kilmore was Batman, right? And then the George Clooney. As a Batman, it's just not... But yeah. they with the, the Dark Knight trilogy, like you said, fantastic. And I really was surprised about the new Batman, uh, honestly. Uh, the, the Batman, you know, the yeah the latest movie. Uh, truly the the Joker
0: It's the same as the Joker. They're both going dark and gritty, and that's how they should yeah. be. I'd love to see the Batman meets the Joker and collide that universe. It needs to happen. Yeah.
1: Oh, it absolutely needs to happen. It definitely needs to happen. Let me briefly shout out Dave Ramos, who sends in the first pod, uh, super chat of the day. Thank you, man. He says, glad you folks are podcasters. Hola, folks. <laughs> um, appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, we, we do podcasts just because of fun. It, it, I, I don't know about you, Dutch, but honestly, it's like, it's it's so on the one side, relaxing. On the other side, like, I'm really always looking forward to a Thursday to just, you know, talk for two, three, or even more hours about gaming and everything with you, man. It's just... Um, and, and with the community, of course. By the way, in the community, guys, let us know in the chat what you have been playing um yeah it was, what else have you know been
0: playing you. apart from
1: hogwarts or have you yes, been sir. like me thank you. and you've thank been
0: everything thank you
1: ah <laughs> uh, you know season three of age of empires <laughs> came to Welcome, an end
0: today. It's, the world of <laughs>
1: it's the it's my time again to talk about age and you know what that's you know what i did something for you uh just for you and everyone else, of course, here. Uh, I recorded my last game of season three, and you know we're gonna switch over to this. Um, um, so here we go. As you can see in the loading screen, still in platinum rank, um, and it, did, it was I played that match yesterday. It was um, the last game, uh, the last match of season three, came to an end. They always take one day break. So today are no wearing matches available and tomorrow we will have um, or we will start with um, season four and I can't wait. They have a new biome, you know, uh, that looks uh, that the new biome kind of looks like coming out of Avatar with like glowing trees and p- everything is purple and it's, it looks awesome, but they also made a lot of new adjustments to the civilization. So with uh, like with every season and that's what makes the seasons in H4 so exciting um we they do certain balance things they adjust balances so your strategies typically don't work and at the beginning of a season everyone is trying to figure out like what's the best civ so in this uh, in this season which which strategies give you kind of a boost or, or maybe even overpowered or I don't know. And then people adjust, of course, to these new strategies. So it kind of feels like a new game. As a new season feels like you're almost playing a new game. Of course, you have a lot of things that you're familiar with. But then on the other hand, you have like to figure out new strategies and whatnot. And um, it's just always exciting. So, And I was able to, to close off the the season in the platinum rank you know that was my target ever since the first season and this time i made it so i'm excited i'm happy and i cannot wait for season uh season 4 starting tomorrow man but i'll leave it at at that i know i know people don't want to hear me rambling about, <laughs> about h h4 every podcast but Yeah, man, it's just so damn good. good.
0: Yeah, another thing before we kind of moved on swiftly from it from Hogwarts. Yeah, um, there's one mission that is different for everybody depending on what house you're in, and that is the Jackdaw mission. Um, yeah, now if you're a Hufflepuff. And this is the only one in the entire, out of all of the houses that goes to this specific location. If you're a Hufflepuff, you go to Azkaban for that quest. Okay. Which is the only house that nice. goes to Azkaban.
1: I did not know that.
0: If you're in it's... Gryffindor, it's a, ty- a, a different side quest entirely. I was watching Pat. Ah, that's you, you know hear that? Yeah. I was watching Pat playing it the other day. And I don't know whether or not he's Gryffindor or Slytherin but he had to go to a graveyard and find his head in the graveyard or something. As a Ravenclaw, I had to just go to the top of the bird tower and fight and solve a puzzle. And for, uh, Slytherin or Gryffindor, again, it's entirely different, but Hufflepuff Mm. actually goes to Azkaban. So if you want to kind of see what Azkaban's like in Hogwarts, that's the only house you can do it at, which is really weird. But that's just the way they chose it. So Hufflepuffs have got an advantage
1: there. So, if yeah. you want
0: to go and uh, experience what that's like, select Hufflepuff,
1: and you'll Sweet. go there. Sweet! Did not know that, man. I did not know that. That's cool. It's almost. It's dream. literally
0: that one mission. Because
1: I have seen someone posting pictures of
0: Azkaban. And they, and I was like, what? they signed
1: the entire mission just for one house and one side quest. Yeah. So that's... that one
0: side quest for Jackdaw is different yeah. for every house. Cool, but the only man. house that goes to Azkaban
1: is Hufflepuff. I, see, I, I love these these little things about the game. It's the, the attention to detail is is outstanding, man. It's outstanding. Yeah. And I Let us see what
0: like niche things throughout the game yeah. that are specific for the house that you don't get in any other house. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely it's definitely intriguing, and if you kind of want to experience different things. Then maybe dabble with a couple of other houses and see what it's about. Yeah,
1: yeah. So let us see what people in the chat have been playing. Our friend Patya, shout out, man, uh, to you. He's playing also, of course, Hogwarts Legacy. Um. Then we have Richard. Uh, he's also playing Hogwarts. Uh, Dustin Lambert is playing Goldeneye. He's trying to complete it on 00Agent. Uh, The highest difficulty, yeah, man. I remember playing that on the N64. Uh, uh, on uh, on that difficulty, I have literally only played the damn from Golden Eye, uh, in the remake. Uh, but I need to go back to it, man. I want to do a nostalgia trip someday. Phantosur is playing also Metroid Prime, awesome stuff, good stuff. Heard really good Uh, things about that. To be honest, it looks mm. beautiful. Like the does and it runs at 60 remake. man it runs at 60 on the on the on the switch I'm definitely going to fantastic yes it does I'm going to get that um and it's also
0: not a full priced game it's not $70 40? it's
1: no, 40 it's 40 which well worth it absolutely absolutely I'm definitely going to get that man um so what else uh, do we have? Um, Heavy Cloud Gamer is doing side quests in Cyberpunk. That is a good nice. thing. You can never go wrong with Cyberpunk, man. And just then try
0: and mop them up before the big DLC drops.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then we have OCD Gamer uh, who is playing uh, Plague Tale Requiem, and and that's why our viewer of the show here a little Age of Empires. That's the spirit, man. That's the spirit. Um,
0: Sergeant Gable says, I'm not an age fan, but I have downloaded it. And this is directed to you. I have downloaded it. I'm going to check it out.
1: Yeah. um, See,
0: see your, your world of empires is starting to bear fruits. You're starting to get more people playing the game.
1: And, you know, you know. Then I, I've seen when Age came to consoles, we've seen, like, you know, some of the bigger gamers, influencers, uh, with the, with the bi- bigger numbers, of course. They all got, like, these customized Age of Empires controllers. And they haven't even played an Age of Empires game. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. But, such man, if you need any advice on... on uh, on, on age uh, definitely hit me up uh, and I will definitely that do when the game comes to console I will do like a stream explaining like basics uh, and base strategies and how the maps are set up and what, what you need to focus on in the beginning um, we will do that why so serious Place uh, he visited Arkham uh, in Hogwarts that is cool I think that's a joke Finish it finished it, visited Arkham in Hogwarts. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I too. <fully> Hold <laughs> over that. Yeah. RSJ fan, Call of Duty, multiplayer. Hope you're enjoying that, man. Um a couple of others playing, of course. Um, um Hogwarts. So yeah, man. Um it is Like always, a fantastic community, plays a lot of good games. And Dave Ramos says, this is the world of empires. Yes, man, indeed it is. It it most certainly is. All right, um, Dutch, I think we are finally ready to talk about some news of the week. all righty all righty um we are 47 minutes into the show and just barely started with with any news uh we are a good track here man i knew that was gonna happen
0: Uh, (laughs) i've been playing i was like
1: i played you i played you i was like okay good like that is tired in the green room i knew okay he's tired good we can keep it to a nice and sweet two hour show. Um because I gotta get up early tomorrow, but you no. Know, I blame you, man. I blame you.
0: Yeah, I'll take the blame. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> so what happened in gaming this week, dude? Um we had the Super Bowl and guess what didn't happen? Anything. Anything and uh, you you could, could say that but I was I was trying to to bring the conversation over to Starfield because people have been telling me, man, on Sunday, we have the Super Bowl. We're going to get a Starfield ad with the announcement of the Starfield showcase. And guess Where did what that come from?
0: from? Where did that rumor come from? I have no like, idea. I only seen it during the Super Bowl, people like, is there going to be a Starfield? Comm-? Why? Why? Why would you think this? Is it because Xbox put out a thing like it was just the moderator saying how excited he was about the Super Bowl? And everyone was just like, okay, then three plus three equals nine, so let's go.
1: <laughs> it's crazy with, with Starfield and these rumors, yeah. You have also like the cult, uh, cult, um, uh, of, of the marchers. You have seen our good friend, yep. Pong Soul Tong and Steel uh, Raid are both marchers, yes, they are marchers. Uh, I'm and, and I'm a June man, you're, you're a Juner, um, a June I'm a June. before Red Faller.
0: <laughs> uh, so, so is that an
1: Apriler? Probably, my guess would or, or still be joining
0: the marchers' rank.
1: No, I'm not going too much. I'm, 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 I'm an Apriler. Uh, so, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> so, yeah, man, we didn't get any Starfield news. What we did learn is um from. Um, a developer uh, who posted on Discord this week that the team is still trying to figure out um, what to show at the upcoming Starfield event itself. So the event isn't obviously set in stone yet. Uh, I'm going to quote uh, his, his uh, him. Um, he said... We'll have more info to share on the showcase when it's ready to be. Still sor- sorting stuff out for it. I know that's not the answer you want, but nothing specific is being withheld. So kind of sounds like that, sh- that they haven't even like f- frozen the, the the showcase. So, yeah, man, it's not looking good for the marchers. Um, if you ask me, what, what do you think?
0: You know, You know, I kind of understand why they find it difficult to show, because what haven't they already shown? It's a good point. <laughs> like no, I seen... mean, it's
1: a, it's a fairly good point.
0: Yeah. They've, so they've shown that you can build bases. They've shown that you can build spacecraft. They've shown the combat. They've shown a bit of the exploration. They've shown the planets. They've shown the different factions and the colonies. There's not much else to show without starting to spoil the game. Do they give a little bit of a story segment so you kind of get the gist of what's happening with the story? Yeah. Or do they just leave that and just let it figure it out for yourself when you when the game drops? It's hard. I can understand why they're saying it's hard to figure out what they want to show because
1: what what you got left <laughs> to show without it's spoiling it, the game. I mean, the, to, to be fair, the game is... So big that you could, of course, like show a little bit more and still have a lot of surprises left. But then, yeah, what what else do you actually need to know about the game? That's that's the question you're raising. And it's a fantastic question because we know that they have space flights and space combat. We know you can visit a thousand planets. Uh, You can harvest resources. You can, on a typical Bethesda manner, you can like go into the cities to get quests you have factions you have they already did a good breakthrough uh, a breakdown of the of the game um and so that's yeah the
0: only thing they haven't literally shown off is just a slice of the story but then you would, i don't want that for, exactly for what for what, what
1: do i need to know know about the story up front
0: that's the thing like it's not even just that like it's It'll be such a big story that a ten-minute segment won't cover anything. Yeah. Like you couldn't show ten or twenty minutes of the game story because that won't show anything. Like it, you know how Bethesda games, Skyrim, Fallout, they all work. You get a quest, you have a little blurb, and then you start doing that quest, mm. and then half an hour, an hour, two hours later, when you're coming to the end of that quest, then the story kind of materializes a bit more and you speak to whoever it is that you need to speak to and like in between it's just combat or questing yeah. or looting or exploring you've got a start point of the story and then you've got an end point of the story and that's like within hours <laughs> yeah. so like how would you mold like a like a story segment together for a video it would have to be like a culmination of many hours boiled down into like a 15 minute video yeah and that, and then, like you say, you don't really want to see too much. Um, they they haven't shown gameplay. They have shown gameplay. They've shown combat, space combat, yeah. crafting, building, explore, a little bit of exploration.
1: Hiding, everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh. In and out of your ship, I would imagine you're just doing exactly what you do. You go into your ship, you'll be able to grab weapons, yeah. change your armor they, that, and things like that. They said off.
1: you can't land the, the, the ship manually anyway. So it's like a sequence yeah. when you enter the orbit and then it lands and you just get out. So, yeah, man, uh, they, you, you're absolutely right. They have shown a lot um, already. Uh, still, I think the game is still a big enough so that you can do another 20-minute showcase without spoiling anything particular. You could go in, I don't know. For instance, what they have done in one of the developer diaries, they talked about uh, how they optimized the conversation system with the choices you can make and everything yeah so um they could show uh, stuff like that they could show of course a little bit more in depth um about different you know uh, abilities you can learn or your or your skill tree explain that a little bit more in depth i don't know there's a lot a lot of stuff that you could do and i i bet that there are a couple of gameplay mechanics that they haven't shown just yet um. So yeah, of course they could show a lot. The question really is, how close to to launch do you wanna wanna have that show? Yeah. Um, and I th- the
0: age-old th- adage of building a vertical slice to show off. Yeah. Would you waste the time building a vertical slice for the showcase?
1: I don't think so, man. I don't would think that not? they are at the point where they have vertical slices, we have heard from multiple people that the game is playable from start to finish. So you don't have to make a vertical slice. The, the game is very much in the polish phase. It's more or less done. Um, yeah. So I don't think that they would have to do a like a vertical slice for it. Yeah, There's um, pyro
0: in the chat as well. He says, introduce a couple of factions or guilds you can join. They've actually yes. already broken down the factions and guilds or the factions that you can join there's four or five of them in total um including space pirates um including two of the um, the kind of the rebellion side and then you've got the corporate side which is the city um and then you've got another liquid planet kind of this this is a few segments i think four or five in total um, but they have broken them down I've done a video on it as before last year when when the release date was still scheduled for November. That broke down all the factions. So um, on my channel, if you want to kind of see what those factions are, learn about them, you'll be able to do that.
1: Highly recommend that video. That was fantastic, a fantastic breakdown. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, for me, it's like okay, they when when they do that showcase, it's it is really like a marketing event. You kind of have to do it within weeks of the of, of when you launch the win, uh, the game. You want to have like the hype from a showcase. The game looks phenomenal. You know, they show the sixty FPS mode that everyone wants, and then, um, and then you launch it like two weeks later or so. Uh, and and actually have a full marketing campaign for it because we know marketing at Xbox, yeah. Kinda of has, kinda of has room for improvement.
0: <laughs> you, know, so, you know what's also a bit, what's a bit different with, with the mainline Bethesda titles, so your Fallout's and your Skyrim's, hmm. and their launch trailers and, um, and things like that have never notoriously been anything to do with gameplay. Yeah. They are actually the launch trailers for Fallout and the launch trailers for um, for Skyrim and Elder Scrolls etc. Have always been CGI. Um, you had the Dragonborn trailer, which yeah. was uh, for Skyrim, of course, and that one was just CGI. But that was a launch trailer, and it was more people just oh it'd become a Dragonborn, and then yeah. you kind of see like a trailer, like a gameplay breakdown afterwards but that's not something that they use for advertisement purposes. Like they specifically just use the CGI ones for advertisement purposes. So I'm expecting the launch trailer for Starfield to be very similar. You might have a couple of sequences where you see a little bit of combat in there um, from the game, but I very much doubt they'll do like a full gameplay launch trailer. I think it'll just be another CGI trailer of some form for launch, Um, but we'll probably get like, I don't know. The only other thing I can potentially see them doing is maybe like, um Todd Howard introduces kind of a couple of the guys on stage on this pre-recorded stage mm. um and he says okay now the guys are gonna we're gonna they're gonna sit here and walk through one of these missions um as we kind of even a side quest as we kind of explore this thing doing a side quest for this faction who's yeah. just done x y and Z um and let's see how it unfolds and then kind of just do a live gameplay kind of live gameplay demo, but kind of just let them do kind of talk over what's happening whilst they're kind of showing it off at the same time. So I think it's, even though it's a star field event, I think it's very much going to be in the way that Todd likes to do things and not the way that Microsoft would do things. <laughs> where yeah. It's just like, let's get a gameplay trailer together and show it off.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, you're right. Um, it's still Bethesda. They still have their own marketing department. They have their own, like, everything. So I think it's going to be different from regular Microsoft campaigns uh, and and things they, or ways they do it. It, it will be very interesting to see the the, the mixture of the two, you know? Um, it's still, like, the biggest launch for for an Xbox first-party game. Maybe ever. Yeah. Um definitely in the top three. Um, so of course, Microsoft will want to have a saying in how things are done with Starfield. Yeah. I also think that's the main reason why the game is has been delayed so much. Um, Microsoft wants Starfield to come out as polished as possible. They don't want to have their typical Bethesda buck bethesda games um that's that's not what what they want from from starfield they will definitely no try i
0: mean but if it was up to bethesda they would have
1: <laughs> that would have released yeah, last yeah that's what i mean that's what i mean <laughs> yeah. like microsoft definitely has a saying in what's going yeah. to happen with starfield they will not leave that alone all the decisions to to to, to bethesda um so that's why I say it. It will be interesting to see the mixture of the of the Bethesda marketing approach on how to launch a game. So, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 gonna be interesting, man. Starfield it is.
0: I mean, it's, you know what it is. It's what a time, what a time to be a gamer. Right. But, like how how if we started the year thinking. It's pretty quiet up until X point. And then within the space mm. of a couple of weeks, we've got two game of the year contenders. Yes. How yeah. how have we manage that already? And this is without Starfield, without Redfall, without Redfall. any major without Spider-Man even releasing yet, yeah. without any of the other games so far. Like it's and aside from a couple of little bugs here and there in Hogwarts, it's been like for me, it's been pretty. A fantastic bug
1: Pretty much bug free. Same here. Um, you have like these little open world things. Um, yeah. Like, I had what at one time I had like um, uh, one of the, the, the characters, you know, running. Uh, so, so some of the side students in, in Hogwarts ran into a wall and got stuck there. <laughs> like, yeah, the you funniest, know that- the
0: funniest one I've had was to do with the mechanics. Do you know how you've got like levioso and and mm-hmm. like you can flipendo and flip it around and things? There was a puzzle puzzle that I had to do with this rock, where the arrow has to point down to fit into this thing to match the pattern, and then the door unlocks. The problem is, is when I use levioso and then try to use flipendo to get it around, the rock decided to just go berserk. And bounce mm-hmm. off every wall in the room, and like, you couldn't do anything. I just had to leave. <laughs> I was like, "This is infinitely. <laughs> this is literally infinitely ricocheting around the yeah. room forever." I was like, "Okay, this is. Uh, there you go. Is, yeah, don't do this." Yeah, but
1: see, that's <laughs> not game breaking. That's kind of funny when you have like, yeah. something like that in a in a massive open world game. So yeah. um, no, I'm and right, uh,
0: it. I might record it and send it to them and just say, "Listen, this is." Please do.
1: Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Please do so, um, man.
0: But even there, you were mentioning the hi-fi rush, flawless, yeah. ze- literally zero bugs, none at all. Perfect Plastic performance, bugs.
1: really like stable frame rates. Nothing. Yeah. Um It is. Yeah.
0: Let's let's fingers crossed. It keeps up this trend, and of course, for people who have played Dead Space, that's also been flawless in yeah. it's nothing I mean, but
1: good things about yeah. that um as well we have resident evil 4 coming up and i do hope it is the same quality like bug free but i'm definitely gonna buy that one um, i mean if it's, if
0: it's anything like resident evil 2 and 3 remake then i can't remember them having any bugs
1: yeah now that so, you say. it, you're true. Yeah, true. I can't. Uh, I, think, I can't I think, think of. We're on for a I only played the second Resident one. 4. I didn't play the third one, though.
0: But yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. So I think I think we're on for a good one there as well. And I think it's it's one of the most anticipated remakes that they've done. I think yeah, Resi yeah. 4 was one of those, one of those sleeper hits, kind of that like nobody thought would be a hit. And then yeah. when you speak to people, they're just like, "Well, Four's one of the favourites of all time." I'm like, "Oh, really? So everybody loves 4. <laughs> yeah. And that was my favourite. So. Um, yeah, that's going to be awesome. So Absolutely, we'll do, man. The Resi Four, we've got Jedi, we've got Redfall, we've got hmm. Diablo. We've got-
1: God. Oh my goodness! Like Diablo <laughs> is is like really Starfield and Diablo are I as much are my most anticipated games, but they also kind of scare me because I know they will cost me sleep they will cost me my (laughs) social life i don't know it's yeah uh, it's kind of scary but man what a time to be a gamer this year definitely
0: such a phenomenal start it's taken it's taken us by surprise to be honest because yeah i mean
1: we came after the off of the the really weak 2022 so i know 22 had a lot of good games or not a lot well, they had good, it had good games, but when you yeah. compare it to the, yeah, it's hard to phrase it properly, man. But but if you compare 2022 towards the 21 or 2020, 2019, it, it just wasn't the same. Um, yeah. And, and 23 already like started this massively, um, we're only in for a few weeks, and we have like every month uh, um, until, yeah, August. Like at least two major releases where people can get excited for. So yeah, man, yeah, it's. And I'm so I am
0: so thankful, so thankful that nothing was around. Hog- nothing major was around Hogwarts. Yes, I am so so pleased for that <laughs> because like,
1: That's God, a, it would have the- been shell. I would have had yeah. to
0: show other games to just continue with Hogwarts at this point.
1: That's the problem with, with Jedi now. Honestly, after the, the six-week delay, Jedi comes out at a, at a pretty damn spot because it's like three or two days apart from from Redfall. Um, we have Zelda the same. the same month and Suicide Squad. and. <sighs>
0: For me, for me, that's okay. Yeah. For you, it's difficult. It's,
1: it's I don't difficult. like
0: Zel- I don't like the the current Zeldas. I, I'm happy with the, the previous ones. The original ones were fine, loved them. I'm yeah. not a big fan of this new style, but again, not games for everybody. Um, but it's a game yeah. for everybody. Um, this is a fact. Yeah. For, <laughs> for me, the big one. If if I had to pick or choose between Redfall and Jedi Survivor, it would be Jedi Survivor. Mm. nine times out of ten. Yeah, As much as Redfall is a new IP, I've already played Jedi Fall in order to know how much I'm excited for Jedi Survivor.
1: (laughs) You know what? Let's talk a little bit about Jedi Survivor, man. Um, But first, let me uh, catch up on the Super Chats. Dave Ramos sends in $5. Thank you, man. Appreciate the support. He says, polished equals easy to understand shipping when ready. Hashtag, September twenty three, so you are a September, uh, no, or what? How would we call a September? The cult of September. Uh,
0: September. I don't know.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, man. um, September for Starfield. Yeah, see, I don't see that game uh, uh, move being moved out to uh, the second half. Uh, I just don't. And then let me uh, shout out, I think, Pyro I Matt.
0: Think The think th- the latest that that game hits the second half would be July. Mm. I think that's the latest it will hit yeah. the second half.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because um, you could argue that it, this is still like almost a twelve-month window that they have originally yeah. given. So yeah, yeah.
0: And then, then tail end of the year we're still pretty i'm still pretty confident we're going to get red uh, as sorry hellblade as the fall release as the yeah. winter release yeah um and i think in between that depending on how stalker's doing that could release before that and then you've got a couple of third party and second parties that haven't released announced dates yet like flintlock siege of dawn that's going into Game yeah. Pass, hasn't re- announced its release date as yet. Yeah. That was meant to be the first half, but that could very well fall in the second. Again, you don't want it getting caught up in the mess that is March, April, May, June. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're mean, getting ridiculous. There is
1: literally no point in the first half where you could release uh, as, an, as an indie and not being... Um, in the way of 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 a bigger release that island is has gone gold man we have like resident evil coming everything every month is is kind of like jam-packed with with triple a releases so it's hard for indies man that was that was the thing about 22 what i always said like 22 was really the the year for indies because you had like six months straight without a major release um in between uh, May and and October, you basically had nothing uh, bigger coming out, so that was definitely easier for for indies. And now, uh, also like a case of Benedict uh, uh, Dick Fox is is uh, uh, set to launch in the first half. Um, it it's tough for those smaller releases. Uh, well, the good I thing I about
0: had... smaller releases. I was going to say the good thing about smaller releases is that they are much smaller games. Yes you can kind of complete them over the course of a couple of days um as opposed to like hogwarts which is a couple of weeks mm. unless you're not working and have mm. no responsibilities <laughs> in which yeah. case you can probably knock that game out in like three days um, yeah that's true that's um, true so it's <laughs> to, to, to uh, pixel bit and g in chat though uh, he, sa- he says, is anybody else concerned Starfield would be too much like Outer Worlds? I don't see that as a negative. Um, I, Outer, I World's Outer Worlds was fantastic. I yeah. absolutely adored it. I it, What it will be, though, is it won't be the same humour. Starfield is definitely going to be serious. Obviously, Outer Worlds 2, we mm. know is on the way anyway, and that's going to be um, a little bit more silly like the first one was. It had good humour. Um Obviously, it wasn't like laugh-out-loud humor. It was more like adult um, sarcasm and wit <laughs> than yeah. anything else. Um, but no, I, it's to be honest, if it was anything like Outer Worlds, that would make it like make me like it more. I loved Outer Worlds.
1: Um, Outer Worlds was it, fantastic. That's why I'm so I excited for about man. Me. I cannot see, I, I cannot wait to see what what Obsidian can do in a high fantasy setting like. The, the outer worlds was basically their take on fallout yes space yeah. fallout and it was space crazy. fallout and 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 avout is going to be their skyrim and man. you know what i like
0: about the outer worlds more than skyrim is a di- it's not skyrim sorry starfield is a different end of the scale so starfield's like 100 plus hours mega game a- akin to skyrim outer yeah. World is like this is our abbreviated version of what fallout would be in space and instead yeah. of playing 60 70 80 hours it's a it was convenient
1: 25 30 hours yeah
0: yeah it was a very convenient it didn't outstay its welcome it was yeah. just long enough um not too long then it had some awesome dlc that came afterwards with some really great missions really great content that that everybody loved just as much as the main game so um no it, you know where it is Obsidian, as you mentioned there, Obsidian, uh, and, and another one of the the jewels in Microsoft's crown at oh, the yeah. moment. Um, I mean, and they are so effective, without Bethesda, even without Bethesda. Like knowing that they've got the likes of the Outer Worlds coming, the Outer Worlds coming, and avowed coming to that kind of Skyrimy open world kind of RPG esque yeah. area, you've already you're already set for two. Awesome games in the future, anyway. Um, but having worlds, Bethesda coming in with a big star field of a, a traditional Bethesda title, there, and then later on down the line, well, down the line, another Elder Scrolls, yeah, um, and many other titles. It's it's just a lot, a lot of awesome stuff to look forward
1: to. In addition to that, you have Fable coming from Playground, you have like In Exile. Man, I cannot wait. We, we we do not talk enough uh, about how excited I am to see what In Exile can do with proper funding. If you look I'm, what I'm they exactly
0: have been- the same, I'm exactly the same for Undead Labs, I'm ex- exactly yeah. the same for ocean. Um, I want to see what all these... Yeah, see, companies- on Compulsion,
1: I'm still a little... I'm want to. i excited to all, see...
0: I was going to say, these are all companies that haven't notoriously had the funding and they've had to kind of work yeah. with people to get some funding, but not as much as they probably would have done. And then when you have a look at what the team behind Psychonauts managed to do when oh, Microsoft yeah. gave them that funding and security, and they actually ended up putting the content in that they would have cut otherwise. If you have a look at the way we happy few started and then what happened when they started working with microsoft and how we happy few ended like that game yeah. is so much better at the end where it is oh, now yeah, i have, no doubt. Ever I,
1: have I preferred um contrast the uh, yeah. uh the first game though i i wasn't a big fan of of we happy few i i, I have to say i i appreciate what they tried to do with the game I'm not sure whether it was simply funding or whether that formula just didn't really pan out to be the best. So that's why I say with with Compulsion, I have very high hopes because, like you said, we've seen uh, with the likes of Double Fine what they can do with additional time and money. And I have very high hopes for them. Um, But their previous games... Have not convinced me like, an in ex- the in exile games did. When I look at games like Wasteland Man, Jesus, that was with the the, the low funding, yeah, amazing. Is... Or yeah, when yeah. you look at State of Decay two, boy, was that addicting, and that was with all the bugs and all the That's issues. And that was I could <laughs> I hated this game, man, because it I was like literally every night it was like one more house i'm I'm only gonna loot one more house and it's all of a sudden it was 3 a.m and it was sitting at work the next day like okay today i'm not gonna put on the xbox i'm not i'm not gonna do it but then like i couldn't resist and it was like such an addictive formula so seeing those studios yeah those studios with with the 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 funding i cannot wait man Undead labs very high hopes for those oh, guys.
0: especially when i know that coalitions working with them as well now like oh yes like it's, mm. i'm so looking forward to seeing their true vision for, like state of Decay 1 was like a, the, the indie darling it hit off in the right notes it was a, a yeah. brilliant survival <laughs> A true survival game with permadeath for the characters and things like that. Yeah, and people loved it. They got the chance to make State of the K too. It still wasn't like it was kind of in the middle of working with Microsoft, then starting to work with Microsoft. It was kind of a middle gap thing. So, yeah. And again, the state that game's in now compared to what it was, Jesus Christ, that's a difference. Like they've they've had an entire next gen version kind of built up to it, where they reskinned the entire game with high fidelity assets. 4K, 60 frames, they've added horde modes, additional yeah. DLCs. Of, that game has just grown massive now. Um, and that's just... And they're still looking after it to this day whilst making the new one.
1: That's, and they have surpassed... What did they... Was it 12 million on what they reported?
0: Million, and that is such a... a For such title. a studio.
1: You know, I did not know that. Um, and I hope I remember correctly. But... The first one, you know what the budget for the first one was? One hundred thousand. Hundred thousand? <laughs> how did see. they build that game on a hundred thousand? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. And um, and and to see how that know, how many people built that game that can't. <laughs> that's not even three people's wages. Yeah, and that that is what I mean, man. Uh, if you if you look at 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 that um kind of like talent and now they have the funding i th- i just think that's that's what compulsion has yet to prove i have high hopes for them i i do because i can see especially with contrast there was something there definitely yeah. but they kind of have to
0: got, it's it's these companies have definitely got the ideas and if you have a look at double fine and the, which is the reason i brought up Psychonauts 2 is a perfect example because they went on file, and I still, yeah, I'm gonna watch that documentary tonight actually because I've heard mm. great things about that documentary. If you didn't know, of course, Double Fine have released a documentary about their seven yeah, years, two project. hours,
1: or <laughs> yeah. it's long, right? Two hours a documentary about really,
0: really good about yeah. the entire development process, oh. including kind of cutting out bits from the game, going to people saying, we're probably going to have to close down. Like you see all of that in the documentary. And then of course, Microsoft come along and they're just like, listen, like become part of us. You've still got the freedom to build whatever you like. And you just don't have the the worry anymore about finances. And what we got was Psychonauts 2. And it's one of my favorite all time games. I absolutely adore that game. The story was phenomenal. The gameplay was terrific the worlds the characters so entertaining um and it just makes me and again double fine it makes me really look forward to to seeing what tim schafer and the the guys can do going forward if that is just even a a glimpse of what they're capable of yeah god they're such a that could be double fine could be uh should we say microsoft's insomniac in terms of the quality of game that they can put out again. That was a game that was so creative. Yeah. It was so, there were so many different technical aspects but, in there and mechanical yeah. aspects in the game.
1: It, 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 it psychonauts to my game of the year that year, uh, beat out Halo for me in even age, uh, because yeah. I own the campaign that year and age, yeah. to be honest. But, um, it's like phenomenal. I, I, I'm not sure if I would compare them to Insomniac, though, because like you said, the, what, what makes them so special is the creativity, and it always has. Do you remember like Brutal Legends? Have you played Brutal Legends? Where you play yeah. th- through the entire game, and suddenly this becomes a real-time strategy game? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, it's um, it, It's like crazy what they put into there and i i think there there is hardly a studio you can compare them to uh but yeah man i need to watch that documentary as well it's it's always great to listen to tim Schaefer, um the head of the studio i also love tim shaver that's once a year days of the the indies yes um brilliant idea brilliant
0: Brilliant. it was so good this really sorry last year it was so good
1: yeah it it was like it is phenomenal so um highly recommend that yeah man you know what a game comes out i know we wanted to talk about jedi and we will get to jedi but um stalker 2 also supposed to come out in the next months um and it kind of looks like the devs are very convinced that they still manage the, the original release window of first half. So, boy, we, we, this is we we keep
0: saying you know, like it's one of those games where we we hope we can play it in the first half, but we understand we absolutely understand it. <laughs> I think,
1: I think, like, I think no other people de- has a better free, reason to delay their yeah. game. Uh, there's simply no other developer. Yeah.
0: Hey, I was going to say, if they were to come out with a post, like that said, sorry, it's, it's having to get pushed. Like, I don't think anybody would be surprised. They'd be like, yeah. absolutely no problem. Like you didn't even need to put this post out. Just you finish it when you can finish it and we'll play it. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but if, and you if know they what? are that confident it comes out in the first half, I am absolutely playing that day one. Hmm.
1: I I, and you know what? Um, I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, contact with the community manager. And honestly, this is one of the nicest uh, uh, community managers I've ever been in touch with with any gaming company. So kind, so open. Shout out to those guys, man. Um, Honestly, I was so, so surprised because when you're a little YouTuber like me, and you reach out to to the uh, to to some gaming companies, like half of them don't even reply, uh, <laughs> and from those who do reply, you get like literally barebone answers to your questions, like sometimes one word or no comment or stuff like that. You know, um, so it was like it was um, absolutely fantastic uh, to to have a community manager that kind. Uh, yeah, uh, was I? I've, I was so surprised, man! So shout out to those guys. Let me tell you, Dutch. When it, do I bring up um, Stalker Two? Because I have a theory that in March we will see the game, and we will get a, a release date in March because um, Unreal is gonna have a showcase. They announced the showcase uh, for for March. Um, they will align that with um, the GDC, the Game Develop Conference. Um, it's called State of Unreal. Uh, it's coming next month. And uh, they will show uh, third-party games and new projects. And now I'm going to quote, to get a glimpse of... Uh, at what's in store for the future of game development as the Epic Games team takes the stage with our talented partners. We'll take a look at some new projects, dive into the latest Epic tech, and have some fun along the way. You can't make it in person. Watch it also on YouTube or Twitch. Um, Slightly hoping we get
0: to see Hellblade. (laughs) <laughs> a, I would It's far expect- fetched. Oh, it so far-fetched but like they've used it as a poster thing for for unreal engine <sighs> in in their tech demos for gdc before mm. so I mean
1: yeah you know I don't know I-, I don't I don't think so i honestly with <laughs> with june coming up um that's where where they're gonna show uh, the um the show the uh, uh, Hellplate demo. But what I do think is because um, they have like openly talked about, okay, how Stock 2 is going to run in Unreal 5. Uh, I mean, the the game looks drop that gorgeous from everything we've seen so far. Uh, It's got every bells and whistles. You have like performance mode for up to 120. You have ray tracing. You have Uh, global illumination uh it's like they 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 use gonna use nanite they're gonna use lumen in the game it's 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 a showcase and honestly which other triple a kind of game does use the unreal engine that comes out fairly soon i was of the belief that um the Jedi Fallen Order is actually running in Unreal 5. I thought that. I thought that. The, but then we're going to get to that uh, uh, statement a little later. But this week uh, in an interview, they they said, well, and we are proud to use the, our customized, updated Unreal Engine 4 thing. I'm not sure whether that was just a misquote from the rev- uh, uh, interview, but kind of sounded to me like, okay, um we are um w- which other AAA game do we get soon which is going to be the first one outside of Fortnite that's going to use Unreal 5 so that's stalker and that's why it's my theory if they have a showcase of course they will show like last year they showed the coalition you know the Cabin thing um which was exciting and i could see them do do a thing like with with the stalker 2 you know, um, Epic is, like, uh, very close to the Ukraine. Um, obviously, um, they have a good relationship with them. So why not, man? Why not? It would be a cool thing. What do you think? Stalker 2? Or what else do you expect to be there at, at this unreal state of Unreal showcase? What other games could they show?
0: That's hard to tell, really. It depends on what games want to be shown off. I suspect a lot of games that might be on PC only. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of PC only games that might be shown off. Yeah. I don't know whether or not a lot of these first party games on other platforms would get shown off. So probably a lot of third party stuff. Um Again, last thought...
1: year we had yeah, the Kevin from the Coalition. Mm-hmm. You never
0: know. You never know. But at the same time, the coalition did, even though the coalition took part, that was a tech demo. So it was more of an engine test. Um, the coalition could be there again, helping them do X, Y, and Z or showing off mm. another kind of example of what the engine can do. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think stalk is a good one to show off. Definitely. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Outside of Stalker, I think this year we will see less of these um, only tech demos where you see like rocky landscapes and lush forests or whatever. I actually think this time they are going to show more games um, because we are closer to actually show um show games um in action in unreal 5 so um i find it funny that now an engine has like this event so i know we 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 know we get a lot of bigger games um going to use uh, uh, with unreal yeah the witcher is going to use unreal now tomb raider is going to run in unreal of course tons of xbox games use unreal um so whenever uh, you see like a game ha- having technical issues everyone is like oh, just use unreal just use unreal there and unreal ha- has become this kind of kind of this thing within the uh, gaming community to be to be big enough to be a platform on its own if if that makes sense you know with them having now an actual showcase uh a yearly one it's a third one they have um that is actually being advertised as a showcase uh outside of gdc and everything so um it's i don't know man what they what they will show um but i think it, it we will see more gameplay actual gameplay running uh And we know that Crystal also um, has said Tomb Raider is further along than we expected. I don't know. Could be that we see a glimpse of that. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if we see one of these bigger titles, like either, like I said, Stalker or like Tomb Raider or I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. Something. Something in Unreal 5. Um, So, Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy, like how Unreal is dominating the engine discussion right now. Because there are still some other fantastic engines out there, man. If you think about this, yeah, we have Crytek uh, out there. We haven't seen that engine in a, in a, in a while, and I don't think we will see that before the next crisis. But man, can you imagine how the next crisis is gonna look like? Yeah. Um, I know people don't like the Frostbite engine, but it's a very powerful engine. And even in things like um, the Ubisoft engines, um, the Anvil engine and, of course, the um, Snowdrop engine. Drop the gorgeous engines. Um, so it's not just Unreal out there, but yeah, Unreal is the... It Tech, Dave Ramos in chat mentions It Tech, absolutely, man. Um, so it's an uh, the
0: only thing with id tech is that it's it's not been proven as um, a universal engine, much yeah. like the Forza Tech one's only yeah. just being used for an RPG for the first time. So we yet to see its flexibility. We know how good id tech is for Doom, for Wol- Wolfenstein, for for shooters, yeah. <laughs> as it yeah. were. But we don't know how good the id tech engine is for a different type of game. And it obviously, graphically, it's going to look beautiful on EdTech. We know that because we've seen what it's capable of. And much like what the Coalition can do with Unreal, we know how beautiful that engine can be. But we also know Unreal is starting to be a bit more flexible. They're trying to push into open world for the first time. They've got yeah. a lot of open world games on Unreal going forward. Um, so um let's we don't know and they're coming
1: know. back to shooters as well yeah which is funny because unreal actually started as a shooter engine unreal the game you know first person shooter uh, unreal tournament and stuff like that um they then they kind of moved away from being a shooter engine well, I, without, say, I
0: think a lot of people forgot forget about that
1: <laughs> i think yeah a yeah. lot of people
0: forget that unreal was actually a game uh as well as an engine it was yeah. the same it was the namesake Unreal yeah. Tournament. Really good game. Really fast paced Doom mm. ta- doom like game.
1: Yeah. Really good. Loved it. Man, the, the LAN parties um we had with Unreal Tournament and Capture the Flag on this map, the two towers. You know, oh crazy good. Crazy good game. Um but yeah, man. <laughs> Unreal. And like you said, open world games. Oh, I I can't re- really remember a big open world game outside of Days Gone that ran in Unreal. Days
0: um, Gone on Unreal?
1: Days Gone was, was Unreal. Unreal. I think, I think that was Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, I'm gonna Google that. Uh, yeah, it was It was Unreal Engine Four. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the only one I know. Mass Effect, but would I wouldn't I was count mess if an open even, world. Even game. then I
0: wouldn't I, w- I would not even class Days Gone as open world.
1: Ah Days Gone is open world.
0: It's a bit more bit more of a corridor. But you've got set you've got mm. like roads to go down, like it's kind of open world-ish, but it's not not to an extent like, for instance, like a big open world that you would have where you can kind of go above and you can see the entire map and things like that and you've got vertic- verticality um yeah, as i mean, well as-
1: i know what you mean you have like these areas and when you w- want to go from area one to area b you have to drive through a long tunnel basically yeah. to get there and that's the only yeah. way to get there so um, kind of,
0: uh, it's probably their first dabble into an open world game but i think it's more I would class Days Gone as semi open world as mm-hmm. opposed to an actual like Skyrim esque open world.
1: I'm not sure. I, I would disagree here because it's not like,
0: like which scale open world, put it that way.
1: I'm, I'm, a, I would still class it as, as an open world because like it is has massive, the map is massive there. So, and you can do side stuff and collectibles and everything um, that open world. I just world wouldn't, can do, like but, I said, I just
0: wouldn't put it on the, on what I'm trying to get at is it's, it's not the, the scale of of The Witcher 3, for instance, mm. which is, that is a massive open world game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Days Gone is probably a fraction of the size of The Witcher, a, a mere fraction. Mm. Um, and I think that's what Unreal Engine wants to get at, is yeah. the uh, something as capable enough, and I think the engine's capable now, because, of course, of the, all of this kind of, High performing and things like they've got in the engine now, where you can just kind of mass generate mm-hmm. huge land masses with huge rocky mountains and things at the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as you, as long as your hardware is capable of rendering it all in. Yeah. Um, so I think they're aiming to go more along the Witcher scale of open world with their engine now to see how much they can push that, and yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what they've provided the tools for.
1: I think that's why they went with. Um... Uh, or assigned to something with uh, CD Projekt Red Uh, because they had their good they had a good engine of course Uh, the Red engine was fantastic Uh, was fantastic yeah
0: do we see do we see a glimpse of like not an actual gameplay because it's miles off do we Mm -hmm. see a glimpse of a witcher running on Unreal no way no way like a teaser like this is not it no we've just or whatever it is, um, and this is what is kind of. What are you still there? You there? Good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There was a hiccup. There was a little hiccup
1: in the line. I know. I know. And um, I don't. I hope yeah, my like, internet. More, is more of a right more again. of
0: an, an more of an in a, an in engine kind of display as a more than an than an mm. actual gameplay. Obviously, we're not going to get miles off, way off, but they made a really big deal of and you mentioned about stalker being it but they made a really big deal about it um the likes of coalition doing these vertical slices the likes of yeah it's not not beyond the realms of possibility that cd project red have worked with them because of how big that and that's a big deal for for both of unreal. them actually yeah. i think more i think more so for unreal to be honest with the size of witcher <laughs> i think to get to get a game as big as the witcher on for their kind of staple open world game going forwards on Unreal
1: Engine? I mean, it is is a signal into the industry, okay? Listen, Unreal is now at this point where you can easily create such a massive game. That's the message that they have sent out into the industry. If you want to create the next Witcher, the next Skyrim, the next whatever... That's the engine to go with. That's the message it's not that they just are. like
0: generic assets either. Like they've got hyper scanned, mega scanned assets in the engine now, so it's like hyper detailed worlds that can be created like really easily, just from the assets that they've got, and they've made it easy for you to import mega scans in. And for those that don't know what a mega scan is, it's it's these huge hyper detailed photogrammetry um, kind of areas that you've scanned in whether it be rock formations whether it be trees that you've used photogrammetry for whether it's the sky or whatever it is they've made it super easy to put that stuff into the engine mm. now going forward of course photogrammetry is is the only method of getting ultra realism in games and mega mega scans and photogrammetry um and that's yep. what we're gonna that's what we're seeing with um i with, mean even without uh, paying Hellblade um, we know that's going down yeah. for the photogrammetry and hyperscanned route, so that's why that's going to be ultra-detailed. We know Witcher will probably make definite use of that going forwards. More, more so for the environments, I think, than the characters, but I wouldn't be surprised to see um, the characters being hyper-detailed going forward as well. We've seen what as you've mentioned, Stalker 2 is doing with the character detail. Like mm-hmm. they hit a whole segment on look at how many teeth this guy's got in, and you can change yeah. his teeth colour individually, you can have a gold tooth. <laughs> like this yeah. is the level of detail the engine's capable of. Um, so yeah, the what what we'll see at the showcase, God, it could be anything, but I think if there's a glimpse of okay, this is Kind of the Witcher running on Unreal, even if it's a vertical slice. Um, even maybe he's taken a, a a part of the code from Witcher Three, and showing what it would look like on Unreal Engine Five, and saying, "Okay, this is what this small section of the world has been redone in Unreal Engine, just so you can see kind of what we're working on going forwards." Um, you never know. You never know what tech. Indeed kind of tech demos that can bring out because that's essentially what this unreal thing is going to be i think yeah, yeah as you've mentioned there's going to be a lot of um a lot of trailers from pc games is potentially going to be stalker 2 but i think predominantly the unreal showcase is going to be tech demos showcasing the engine what it's capable of from their partners
1: that's true but they also uh my i mean i i'm with you with the with the pc thing um where's my, there it is. Uh, uh, We will show glimpse at what's in store for the future of game development as the Epic team takes the stage with our talented partners. We'll take a look at some new projects and dive into the uh, the latest Epic tech. Um, So yeah, definitely there will be partners on stage and there will definitely be some games at least to some degree shown. So um, that's end of uh, March and outside of that, by the way, GDC is always exciting. I'm I'm you know that. Uh, I'm a tech enthusiast. Uh, I'm someone I just like to understand how things work. And for me, GDC is like like a second E3 honestly. Uh, I'm always super excited. Uh, to get the talks in from the developers see how the magic is made that we enjoy every day and gdc has become this really open platform where you have like the chance um even as someone who doesn't work in the industry to get like super cool insights in what's the topic of the of the game developer's and uh and what's the um, uh, the, the current discussion of the people that make the games because it's always a different discussion than than we usually have on 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 podcasts and such things. So for me, GDC is always exciting. Can't wait, man! One more month, uh, and and we will find out. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing more of what the the
0: engines capable of. To mm. to this date, the only engine, the only time we've actually seen Unreal engines. Capabilities in some way, shape, or form is in a game that a lot of people didn't expect or kind of should expect, or have expected because it's their only big game, um, their own that's game, and that's Fortnite. Fortnite. Um, and we've seen, yeah. we've, we've seen how transformative that has been just for Fortnite. Like it is night and day difference between yeah. what is there on Fortnite now versus what it was before they brought in the Unreal Engine 5 um, version. Yeah. It's like night and day having... It is. ...like those tools in. It is. And this is what we're
1: looking forward to going forward. And to be fair, we have seen a fair amount of gameplay for Stalker 2. And every second looks... And every shot looks like... Just stunning. Um, So... Yeah, man. Let's move over to, to... To Jedi. Um because um jedi is, we mentioned it earlier actually we wanted to talk about it earlier but we always getting sidetracked um jedi again i was of the firm belief jedi survivor is also unreal 5 but then in in an interview this week they said it's going it's going to run on a highly customized and optimized Unreal 4 and, uh, version. And I'm not sure if it's it was like something uh, that, that the interview got wrong or not. But let me read some of the statements um, that uh, came out of this uh, thing. Um, because they talked a lot about why they built this for current-gen only uh, consoles. And it was a very, very interesting man. Uh, they said, of course, like uh, uh, things like Jedi Survivor is going to have larger maps, a broader enemy variety. That just wouldn't have been possible on, on, on the previous gen. And I quote now, bottom line is, we learned quickly that we could take advantage of faster processes, larger, faster memories better loading times, etc., to create much larger maps with more detail, greater density, broader enemy and NPC variety and overall fidelity. These features aligned perfectly with how we wanted to push the game. We didn't want to break what we did in the first game because it was well-received, but we wanted to evolve and enhance the experience. This new generation allowed us to do exactly that, and I believe it trans- translates to a uh, true uh, next-gen experience in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I know you're a big fan, and I thought that's why we make it a headline topic, uh, put it in the thumbnail, because, man, hearing this, um, yeah, dropping a cross-gen support to not being held back, um, broader enemy variety, larger maps, fidelity enhancements, the NPCs are getting improved, which is always good to hear. Although I must say that the AI already was pretty good. That the, the combat wasn't easy in the last one. Uh, um, a lot more details in the world. So, man, w- what do you expect from the game and where's your hype level? Oh,
0: hype levels like right up there. The good the 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 good thing about this is unlike it, unlike being a fresh IP. We go into this having played jedi's fallen order and knowing how good that game was and if as long as it's as good as that but they've improved on key segments that we had issues with like some of the traversal was a bit more backtracky and you go to certain places several times and it would some places got a little bit monotonous but overall it didn't detract from how great the game was and the story um and if they've embellished that story if they've embellished the details, if they've cut out some of that backtrack and then kind of made the world bigger, which they have. We know they've got mountables now in the game, so you can ride around on on certain creatures and things, and no doubt some forms of crafts and things like that. Um, then that tells me that the game's scope is much bigger than the first one, which is awesome. Um, the engine being on Unreal Engine 4 doesn't bother us either. I mean, just... This last week, we've been playing the living crap out of Hogwarts, which is Unreal Engine Four. Um, yeah, and again, that one's came out on current gen first, and later previous gen. That
1: is going to be oh, severely. Honestly, how are they going to make that? I'm sorry, I'm I'm going back to Hogwarts again, but how are they going to make that game run on on the Switch? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea,
0: man. 720p, like, that is... 720p will be docked and handheld, um, and it'll be locked 30. It won't have a fidelity mode. It'll just be what we give you is what we give you. To be honest, if the game... If they manage to get the game running on the Switch, that in itself is a feat.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: It has the latest date out of all of them, the switch is like june or july or something yeah yeah um the my brother was a bit upset because he still got the 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 old xbox one but he wasn't a big gamer so he just picked one up like second hand a while back Mm. and he pre-ordered hogwarts thinking he was going to be able to play at the same time as us yeah and then then he found out he was like oh he's like no like our version comes out in April." i was like oh no
1: <laughs> i mean yeah i yeah. i understand that uh, honestly yeah. i understand that because i have the feeling like of course hogwarts is also targeting like the younger audience and i feel yeah i would assume that probably a lot of uh the kids still have have last gen console or uh, their switch in in their in yeah. their rooms yeah and uh, for them not being part of the conversation right now, of course, that kind of sucks. But on the other hand,
0: uh, what what I'm what I'm glad they haven't done for Hogwarts is restrict the current gen versions which were ready from yeah. being released. Yeah. Whilst they continue to optimize the other versions yeah. to be ready for the other platforms, I Agreed. feel like that's the way cyberpunk should have done it mm-hmm. if which is what they did they didn't want to leave the previous one out even though now phantom liberty is going yeah. to be next gen only what they should have done in retrospect is get out the current the current gen version and then get the, the previous gen version out. on
1: the other hand at that time the consoles have only been out for like a month or so and yeah and the I think very if, very impossible yeah. to get so i
0: think if there's going to be any i think hogwarts is the perfect perfect yeah. thing to showcase if you're going to do a cross gen game going forward this is the way you do it Absolutely. you get out the, the finished article of the current gen version first which is like we've said other than your typical open world bugs which you get from time to time where ai's kind of clip into scenery or get stuck or something like that it yeah. happens you can't really predict those things It just unfortunately just happens from time to time it's super um, hard
1: to reproduce so it's yeah, it's really almost hard to possible uh, uh, to to like back fix them
0: yeah um, but aside from that the perfect example of exactly what you should do: if the game's ready for current gen, release it. If you know it's not going to be ready for previous gen, then you set to a couple of different release dates. Previous gen consoles will be—it's another two months for you guys. Switch, we're going to release it for you, but it's going to take much longer because, of course, there's going to be a lot of changes in the Switch version. <laughs> there's mm, going yeah. to be a lot of changes. I—I I don't know how the 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 shadow. Like, if you have a look at the lighting in the game, for instance. Like when you've got Lumos and it's got like it's casting shadows on everything. And that's not even in rate like we're not playing in ray traced version. Me and you are both playing with fidelity, chromatic yeah. aberration of- Oh, No, I'm
1: I'm playing with um balanced. So balance. I'm playing in balanced mode.
0: I don't. I don't even think I've noticed a balanced mode. You know, I'm playing Dude, with. That's the best way to play. If you, I thought it was. If, I thought. See, I thought it was you were playing fidelity with chromatic mm-hmm. aberration off, film grain off, and uncapped mm. frame rate.
1: Yep, yep. I did 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 all that. I turned off everything. I turned off uh, chromatic aberration. I turned off uh, felt depth of field. I turned off um, motion blur and all these things. Um, and uncapped the frame frame rates, but I did that in balance mode because balance mode runs at 40. When you have everything on on, uh, it runs at 40 fps. When you uncapped the frame rates, uh, you can obviously go above that, and without chromatic aberration and film grain and 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 motion blur and and depth of field, you get enough overhead to be at the Close to 50s, I would would guess, and with that uh, um, and VRR, it runs super smooth, man, and crispy clear. So balanced mode, the way to go.
0: I didn't even on the screen though. In the options, to be honest, I noticed performance huh? fidelity, fidelity ray tracing.
1: Yeah, no, and then you actually have two performance modes as well. You have like uh, ultra high performance mode at 120. Uh, so you see, I
0: don't have 120 apart from the monitor, but mm. the Series S is plugged into that, not the
1: X. Uh, that's why you don't have a balanced mode then, because ah. you need, of course, the 120 frames display to display a 40 FPS game. Um, on a regular, uh, so I'm, uh, gonna say, uh, I'm
0: not, and I'm not unplugging that from there and put switching the Series S to, with the Series X to play on the monitor. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's why well i'm playing that's infidelity why. i'm playing for but that's not. the point anyway was originally the lighting on that game yes that we've got just in and you're on balance mode so that isn't ray trace lighting i'm in no. infidelity without ray trace light without ray tracing so that isn't ray trace lighting and you have a look at the shadow casting on this and every object when you've got lumos yeah. on every object casts its own shadow correctly um and it's so hyper-detailed. It's very sharp shadows. Um, and yeah. you've got the further away it is. It's diffused. It's so well done. And Switch is going to be so much.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, the Switch uh, is... Am, also, actually... the game size. The game is what? 82, 83 gigs in size? Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. You take away the, the uh, high-fidelity textures. Do you, think,
0: do you think they're going to do a cloud version of the game? So that they can't degrade mm. it too much.
1: I don't think so. No, I if don't you
0: have a look so. at some of the biggest titles that have come onto the platform, yeah, like in terms of detail, they've been cloud in order to retain performance. Because yeah. if they don't, you've uh, so you've seen what happens with a couple of them. Like the only ones that have actually managed to get the game running almost flawlessly on the Switch have been ID Tech. That's They're the true. only ones, and they've they've had the noticeable differences, but they've run beautifully. They've looked they great, but other big games <laughs> are cloud based on the platform, and that, to be honest, until until Switch yeah. gets there. And this is the this yeah. is the weird thing. And they've got good cloud on the Switch. That's the the strange thing about it. They've got great cloud, but then it also takes a away. From the other aspect of it, which is you can't then it detracts from the portability. Then you can't play the game portably.
1: That's what I think. So is it dude, you're gone? No, I'm still here. Me or I'm still here. You're still here? Yeah. So I'm oh man. I'm I, I do hope that my internet is not crapping out. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I had that the other day uh, during a work meeting, and internet was gone for like ten minutes.
0: Um, it was on your side this time. Before that, I was saying hello. It was on my side, so I don't know whether or not it's mm. us or whether Streamyard, maybe. I don't know. I don't um, know. But I don't think oh. it's the internet. So I it wouldn't worry. You'd get that little icon at the top left. It was if it was your internet. Um, no, no, I, I think, think f- it's I, know, be a, I don't it's think they do an- a cloud. Honestly, no, I because think it's going to be a dumbed down version where it's going to be yeah, like yeah. much lower asset quality and yes. things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I think they'll retain they retain what makes the as long as they retain what makes the game fun, and uh, and they don't reduce the any of the story yeah. or any of the side quests or anything like that. And or they, like these they, little details these...
1: when you run through Hogwarts and you see like yeah. the the statues fighting each other or whatever. Um, things like that, that make that world magical. You can definitely live with lower resolution textures or worse lighting, uh, no shadows. Retain
0: retain the detail for what's needed. Yeah. We remove the detail for what isn't like. If you have a look at these sections here, like it's all hyper detailed. Like every dungeon is hyper detailed. There's so many intricate little puzzles with fine art and things all over them. Mm. Um, You've got the paintings with the where you light up with the you don't like even though a lot of people don't understand if you have a look at the painting it gives you clues to where the butterfly is like that's the purpose of the painting but yep. yeah you're probably going to have to dumb that down a little bit you're gonna <laughs> mm. um, one thing <sighs> I I think the need to retain is as much of the detail on the characters as possible I think the world in itself yeah. outside of Hogwarts can be reduced to to maintain performance and things um but within Hogwarts it's
1: hard play. you want to have the flying books and you want to have like the floating candles and I think, because I think that sets the mood man
0: I think specifically for the for the the hallway which you're mentioning the big great hall where it's got the candles and everything in that I think that'll stay as is I think obviously it'll be lower resolution textures and things that will be there um i think it'll just be the number of things in the world will be reduced yeah, so it, won't, yeah. it won't be like like the grass and the foliage and things will be v- severely reduced <laughs> yeah yeah I, like I, a lot I, of grass and a lot of foliage indeed yeah but um indeed. but going back to the jedi um
1: right that's what, what we were talking yeah. about
0: <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not concerned because of hype, how hyper detailed Hogwarts is on Unreal Engine Four on on current gen consoles. When they mention it being a highly refined version of N- Unreal Four, that's absolutely fine. If they feel that they didn't need to make the jump to make to to use the Unreal Five um, things, mm. um, I keep forgetting the name of the the um, lighting in that. What's the lighting called on Unreal again? lumen lumen engine and um and the other one as well um if they didn't need to use those which they probably didn't need it's not like a requirement to have it it's a fancy add-on and yes it looks great but if they can get what they're going for without lumen then there's no need to make the jump to unreal 5 Mm. for the entire game which would set them back months to port over and make use of it um with how detailed Hogwarts is and how great the lighting is there and how great the ambiance is. And, um, I've got no concerns over how great, um, Jedi is going to look on unreal, uh, engine four. Um, but yeah, hype level is through the roof. Um, yeah, I am going to be, again, it's one of them games. If it feels as good as, as good as fall in order, but expanded a little bit more open world, um less backtracking um and more kind of just going with the floor and doing what you need to do. Maybe there's a couple of site quests. I do have here the feeling.
1: Here. I do have the feeling that this game is going down this road because we know that they will have like mounts now. So obviously the areas are big enough that it's worth to have those. Um so I I think that this is definitely something. What I do hope, man, what I truly do hope is that we have, like, you know, a level where we get into an X-Wing and then just have something like that in there. That's that's what I would, would hope. Because I always feel like when a game does something like that and breaks up, like, its core gameplay formula for, for a certain part of the game completely, that can be so fantastic. You remember, like, Halo... Going into space or something like that. Um man, I, I I do hope that they have something like that in the game. Um I do hope that they can carry over the fantastic combat formula, man. Because oh, that's I think good the, you know where it is, out. I think
0: they'll expand on it. Not only mm. do I think they'll expand on it, but I think one of the things that they'll take into account in this one is the ability to dress as a Jedi and not as a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want yes. to be wearing yet, yet, like, typical Mexican trope ponchos. Like, come on! Dren like...
1: is the buzzword here. <laughs> we need dread smog. I love that, by the way, also coming back to Hogwarts, because i hate hated when my character... I'm, I'm always, of course, going stats over looks. So, in some games, your characters just look ridiculous. They would most certainly here in Hogwarts. But it yeah. allows you to, like, use the stats and change the looks. You and know what the I thing is, hope-
0: though? Is in, in Hogwarts, specifically, it blends with the world that you're in. Because the characters yeah. are weird and wonderful. And they're always wearing silly outfits. And, like, they're always, like... If,
1: if you could get it away, and, but still, I don't want to look at a ridiculously looking oh, wizard poor, all the time. Poor. So, and but it, and Calcastus, uh, yes. in 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 Star Wars, honestly, like let me, yeah, do <laughs> that as a as Jedi well.
0: or a Sith, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I because like, is it the end going the entire game looking like Speedy Gonzalez is yeah. not what I wanted to do,
1: no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Not at all, man. So the, worse, like, the
0: further I got into it, the, the more ridiculous the ponchos got. It was like a bright orange one. I was like, oh god, <laughs> <Yeah.
1: thin now." laughs> like, what's going on? Indeed. The only good thing was, well, like, that you could change like the colors of your lightsaber. That's, the, um, that's the,
0: that was one of the best things about it. Was the fact yeah. that. You could just make any lightsaber what, you want. You dual-wield it. You could have just one lightsaber. You could have a, a broken one. You Broke. could have, like, a Sith-looking
1: one. And an orange one, man. Yeah. I had the orange like one Yeah, because it Fantastic. was, like, a pre-order bonus, and that looked phenomenal because and unique. Uh, so, yeah, man. Let me it shout was, out Dave Framos again. I want them,
0: yeah, I want them, m- yeah. much like Hogwarts, I want them to give us an abundance of cosmetic items to try yes whether or not you want to wear a visor like like darth like a sith Mm. lord whether or not you want to just wear it like all black like a sith lord be all white whether it be like your brown training garb whatever it is that you want to wear like let us just Play around with these things. Give us lots of cosmetics and things to 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 dress our characters up as. Because at the end of the day, we might because might be Cal Kestis and playing as Cal Kestis, but it's still a, a, what would be the first one wasn't an RPG, but this one's more akin to an RPG going forward. Mm. You still assign points. It's like the first one was more of a, an RPG light on reels. <laughs> mm. This one's very much by the sounds of things going down the more semi-open world with the bigger areas and rideables and things like that and yeah having more of that uh, rpg cosmetic variance where you can kind of find new loot and and dress yourself up a little bit more and again the lightsabers if if they just they had a lot of options last time but if they had even more options to it this time like you refining the details on it or whatever you do i don't know yeah have. So it's jagged. There was one, like, uh, obviously we know, um, uh, what's his name from the recent films? The um, the bad guy. Right. Really? Oh,
1: um, Kylo Ren.
0: Yes. How his sword's broken because he's conflicted. The mm-hmm. reason his he sword's jagged and like isn't like pff, like a straight beam yeah. is because he's conflicted. Like, let us have that kind of weird thing where the, the yeah, blade itself cool. is wild. Yeah,
1: man. You know what I also want um, from the Mandalorian? They have that, uh, what was it called, like the dark sword or uh, um, that would be dope. That would be cool, man. yeah! Shout out to Dave Ramos, man. He sends in a five dollars super chat. He says, "Do you think a third party uh, game would ever limit support via cloud only? Like GTA Six comes out to a Switch only via Rockstar Cloud, not native. No, no, native support. Not for Switch. I think
0: <laughs> to be fair, I, I do not see GTA coming out on Switch. Uh, I just don't see it happening." Um, but no, uh, Nintendo wouldn't let it happen either. It, yeah, it, I, it, I don't, don't is, think. I don't think, especially with
1: such a game where they know that they will have an issue with returns, where like parents yeah. go into the store, buy the uh, new GTA for their kids, uh, only to find out that uh, they can't play the game properly because of like cloud. Um, I don't think that, that that this is gonna happen. I do see that coming on on Xbox though. I would be surprised if we won't see at some point a game that requires um like cloud. Um,
0: oh, so we know that. Um, I mean, the one thing that requires that will require cloud is Kojima's game. Um, yeah. The, I think part of that as well because there was another question that was before that. I think by it might be by Pyro um and it was to do with yeah it was pyro it was to do with um third party cloud games on xbox cloud um and I, I think the only thing restricting that is the rest of the industry as to mm. seeing games like hogwarts be available on cloud mobile if you own it digitally yeah um we know we want it we want to be able to play our own catalog of games on the cloud that we own now we can do that with first party games of course because it's already part of game pass as well so if you've got game pass you can play it on the cloud you can remote play your console and you kind of can play your third party games via remote play on your console but it's not as stable as cloud gaming is um but the only restriction is the industry at large part of the reason we've had the um the kickoffs in the abk ABK deal was down to cloud Mm -hmm. um a lot of these other companies don't have what microsoft has in terms of footholding cloud gaming um by user base um and they think that adding all of these third-party games to cloud severely detracts from their potential avenues as well. Because if you can play your, if you can buy your game on Xbox, never actually own an Xbox, but play it on your phone or play it on your con on your computer or whatever it is using cloud, um, that means you'd no longer need a console, whether that be PlayStation, Nintendo or Xbox. You just buy the game have a subscription to be able to play it via the cloud, and that's it. Now, Xbox want you to do that, well, essentially want you to have that avenue, so it has choice for you, but the other players in the industry don't want that avenue because they want to sell the hardware still. Microsoft Hmm. aren't asked about selling the hardware anymore. They're like, if you want the hardware, it's there. If you don't, that's fine. Play it on the cloud or play it here or play it here. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like on the refrigerator man doom on the refrigerator It's yeah. yeah. the end goal
0: but yeah ultimately <laughs> it's, i think microsoft would microsoft would absolutely love to be able to offer every game that comes out on that platform yeah. the ability to stream on cloud yeah and, and I, I think, think industry it, restrictions that's yeah, what they're aiming for
1: yeah yeah i think we will we, we will be get to that point at some I point, think
0: it's going to be it, yeah. It's going to be five to ten years until we're at that yeah. point, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, man, good stuff here. You know what else? Uh, was uh interesting, and I need we need the, the help of the chat for, for this one. Um, Crystal Dynamics in IDOS Montreal today released announced, um, the day want intend to release five triple a games by march 28 so within the next 5 years they want to bring out five big triple a games tomb raider and perfect dark are obviously currently at uh, uh, in development at crystal dynamics um, we also know that um X is uh, in early development they defined triple a games uh, they went. Uh, by the way, uh, it's not just that they said we want to in- intend to release a three AAA games, and they actually explained to their shareholders um, or investors, uh, AAA games as are titles that have over one hundred full time developers at the peak of the development phase. That's for them a AAA game. So we know about the three. Um, of course, Perfect Dark and Tomb Raider, and we assume, of course, um, DICE X being in early development. So it could be the one. What are the others, man? What are the others? I want to know from everyone in chat, what you guys think? Dear yeah, And of course, what do you think?
0: What was the question again,
1: sorry? No, what, what games could we expect from them in, within the next five years? Five is a lot in five years, man. Five AAA games in five years. Who's that from, sorry? <laughs> no problem, man. I'm, I'm going to read it again to you. Um, Crystal Dynamics uh, and I ah. uh, uh intend to release five games by March 28. Uh, Tomb Raider and Perfect Dark. Uh, are set. But what are the others? God... From
0: Crystal Dynamics, I don't know. Five if they, AAA they,
1: games in five years, man—that's a
0: lot. Are they, are they working on another Guardians
1: of the Galaxy? Hmm, that would be awesome. I mean, I that, game that game wasn't a commercial be- success, but uh, it was a fan- it was very well received, though.
0: It was a cult hit and very well received in yeah. terms of. It might not have been commercially successful initially, but I think. Once people, and again, this is another thing. Once it went into Game Pass, and then following that, went into PS Plus, and people had more of the people that went. I'm not sure, and it started to it's play fantastic. it. That changed their minds significantly, and I think yeah. it's one of them games that, upon reflection, Embracer and Crystal Dynamics would look at that and go, "Yeah." Yeah. It did well, and if you if you're looking at if you'd speak to Disney, and in comparison to Avengers, where they were majorly upset, and then you look at Guardians yeah. of the
1: Galaxy, and it the was The reception was phenomenal, and and now they have very a different good. publisher, yeah, that very different publisher now with when they're not on the square anymore, yeah, that could be true, that could be true, man, that would be awesome because I loved Guardians, I was so surprised. Honestly, by that game, I played. I bought it. I I I, I bought it on the recommendation of uh, some of the fine folks from tr- from Twitter. Honestly, uh, because after they get ga- they when they have shown the game, everyone was like, "Ah, that doesn't look good." And I was also like, hmm, "I'm not sure where where this game will land." And then it came out, and the people that actually played it, everyone loved it. So I bought it as well, and I did not regret buying it at full price. It was absolutely worth every cent. Uh, loved it.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully that's one of them. I mm. don't see why yeah. not. It was, like you mentioned, critically, it was a success. Commercially, it wasn't. But I think the only reason commercially it wasn't was because it came on the back end of Avengers, which was terrible. <laughs> mm. And then they try yeah. to then Square try to force microtransactions into it, which was something the developer didn't want in the first place. Yeah,
1: and then the artificial uh, making it a, f- a live service game and really didn't have the the content or the the, the ideas to, to keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah. Hiros says Tomb Raider remake, uh, Tomb Raider Two remake, and Tomb Raider Three remake. I was going to see, to be honest, though
0: the tomb Ra- the this is a new tomb raider trilogy yeah that continues on from the previous one so three of those games are going to be tomb raider
1: but not within 5 years dude i could see if they if they if what is true what we kind of expect after our discussion from i think last week or so that the that the tomb raider is actually closer to launch than we might think so maybe end of this year or next year it depends could be the second one it depends what they've got going on
0: with the story so if they've got the story mapped out for the trilogy already and all they need to do is build the game around that story if they've Mm. already built the first game around that story and they know what's going to happen in part two and part three of that story then it would be simply a case of creating the levels, the areas, the environments, crafting that around the story, as opposed to doing anything else. They could theoretically, if they know it top to bottom, have already done the voice acting and the lines for the trilogy, <clears throat> depending on if yep. they already know what the story is. Um, and again, we've seen that done a few times before, where they've where they've mapped out or they've done back to back. I think what which film was it it might have been um the first couple of it was the first couple of speaking there's a lot of harry potter talk today but the first couple of harry potters the ones where they're still very much kids they were pretty much
1: recorded back to back for years i think the yeah yeah because they they couldn't wait to like film the the them in between yeah. because the kids would have aged too quickly and it exactly. would
0: yeah exactly so it's a case of if you have the story you just go
1: <laughs> yeah i, I could, I, could right. I mean let, let's assume to the next Tomb Raider comes out in 24, which from the, already, the previous let's, statements...
0: Let's it, they're building up an Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, The most that will happen over the cup because by the end of this generation, there's not going to be Unreal Engine 6. Unreal Engine no, no, 6 is no, not no.
1: next gen. Yeah, yeah.
0: <clears throat> which means that the only thing you're going to have to do in between that is the first game releases, you've got a year or so to, um to refine the next one, you add... Additional benefits that the Unreal might have had at that point Mm -hmm, that might make mm -hmm. the game look a little bit nicer. You've already got the grips with the engine a bit more as well from all the bug fixing and things from the first one. So it means you can refine the second one so it's performing better. It makes the development a lot more smooth for the second one. And then Mm -hmm. again, for the third one, by that point, a lot of Unreal's engine specifics have now been maximized you're coming towards more the tail end of the generation, then yeah. within five years. Um, and you've got, again, another, you've got uh, your third and final one. So it could very well be two or three two meters out of those five games. Guardians of the Galaxy, and what else was the other one you mentioned? Perfect Dark. Yes, and Perfect Dark. And wasn't weren't they helping on another game as well?
1: I'm sure Crystal there was Benham. the rumor. There was the yeah. rumor that they helped out with Fable. Well, we never learn whether that's true or not. But you're right. If that rumor turns out to be true, you would have the fifth one. Yeah, yeah indeed.
0: Um, I'm just going on their site now to see what else they've got. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. uh, of course, they did work on Avengers, no. but we know that's never getting done again. Um, you've got the Tomb Raider trilogy. Um, they haven't done anything else really outside of that Legacy of kane Could they be working on a Boy new sex. Legacy of
1: Kane? Indeed, it could. It could. Or they're doing something new. Why not do a new IP? Mm. I mean, could very well be a new publisher. Could very, could well, very be. well be. Anyways, it's it's impressive to have five AAA games coming in the next five years.
0: Actually, state, stating that, one of their big things when they got taken over by Embracer, was they're excited to confirm that Crystal Dynamics has taken control of several franchises, mm. including Tomb Raider and Legacy of Kain. Mm. So they made a point in that statement, not of yeah. including anything else, but of including Legacy of Kain. So, it's a good possibility you could see a new one.
1: Would be cool, man. We shall see. You know, um, three bit shout out to three bit in the chat, man. He asks, "Is there an Unreal uh, showcase?" Um, yes, there is uh, in in March, um, but we already covered that, man. <laughs> so you gotta rewind. Um, my notes say we started at 1 hour and 23 into the show to start to talk about the Unreal Showcase. So, but I will put in the timestamps after the show. Always try to keep, like, the timestamps here. But, dude, we ch- switch topics so often, so it's really, like, only, like, guesswork here. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not
0: really. yeah. yeah. We can all topics blend into one.
1: Yeah, it's like it's, I don't know. Impossible to have timestamps here on the world of gaming, man. Impossible. It is when it's just me and you. It just it's it's yeah. too
0: hyperfluid. It's, it just it, everything, it is. everything goes. When we've got guests on, we try to keep some form of order form here. Of yeah, it's structure.
1: <laughs> but this way uh, it's just uh, you know, maybe we find out about Tomb Raider uh, during this year's E3. And you know what else we will find out this year's, at this year's E3? What? What Ubisoft has uh, cooking. Because they announced today that they will attend E3 if it happens. <laughs> if it happens? So, did they say that specifically? They said, say that, man. If it happens. <laughs> Hang on. Where's the quote? Um...
0: <sighs> yeah, we'll go if it happens.
1: Yeah, that's, if it happens. happens. <laughs> Ubisoft says it will attend uh E323 if it happens.
0: <laughs> that's showing no faith in E3.
1: Oh man. But yeah. Um, it's good to hear because we know that Nintendo and PlayStation will not attend this year's E3 um, but at least some other publishers take it um, serious so um, Ubisoft's going to be there what do you think they will show? I mean Assassin's Creed Mirage is a safe bet I, I, I'm i not yeah, letting yeah, you
0: absolutely! that that's coming out this year um, <clears throat> maybe it's a look um, because Mirage is a linear Going back to old school Assassin's Creed game, maybe it's a look at their next open world Assassin's Creed. Is it the Japanese one first, or is it is it is it Project Red first, or is it Project the the Celtic one first? I yeah. keep
1: forgetting. No, it. I think that it was the Japanese one that was first.
0: Yeah, so it'll be so maybe's it, maybe it's a glimpse at Project Red because, mm. of course, these are separate. They've got such a large company as we know, Ubisoft. Are ginormous twenty thousand people uh, so <laughs> it's not like they're short on development teams so they've got numerous teams working on numerous assassin's creed projects which means there's a there is a, always a good possibility that you can see multiple of these projects kind of showcased at different times um there's a good possibility though we'll see mirage and potentially a look or a glimpse at Project Red, a little bit more than what they showcased previously, because it was more like, oh, look, Japan. We're eventually doing it. You've asked us for God knows how many years, but we're going there now. So <laughs> um, that's the that's the only Assassin's Creed I'm going to be getting out of all of them, to be fair. Um, mm. Project Red is the only one I'm interested in out of all of them. Yes, they've got the Celtic ones. You're, the not, Celt- you're not
1: interested in Mirage? Nah.
0: I di- I wasn't a fan of the original Assassin's Creed. <clears throat> wasn't a fan really? of it. Really? Yeah, it was like I don't mind the stealthy sections in Assassin's Creed, but I much prefer going gung-ho. Um mm. like you can in the, the modern Assassin's Creed, like your origins and your Odysseys and your Valhalla's, being able to just go there with like double axes and just brutalizing people. Like that mm. is what I like about the Assassin's Creed, is having that big open world combat. Um I'm not much one where necessary for just stealthing all the way through and like blending in with the crowd and sneaking past everybody all the time it's, nah, it's much much in the same vein that I'll, I'm okay playing Splinter Cell but my favourite IP from Tom Clancy was Ghost Recon and always has been um, of course aside from the original Rainbow Sixes which have again I don't think any of the newer ones have held a flame to them um, but Splinter Cell was never my bag there either. So it's more the stealthy action. I'm not a stealth player. Never have yeah. been. Like I'm playing stealth occasionally on Hogwarts, <laughs> but only for the only for yeah. the ta- Only for the tasks where it says, Oh, yeah. you've got to kill ten enemies with like stupefy or whatever it's called. Mm. Um, so, yeah, other other than being forced to do it for a task. <laughs> I'd choose yeah. not to where possible so no the original the mirage it's not for me i'm glad i'm glad original fans of the original trilogy are getting a game that's more akin to that because they've been asking for it for a long time so i'm happy for them but i'm just more looking forward to feudal japan that is going to be and we've already had a glimpse of what that could look like in ghost of Tsushima. we know what a feudal japan looks like or kind of looks like and god it's gonna i can imagine it's going to look beautiful
1: oh yeah i assume that they will have like the new version of their anvil engine um listen man i'm i'm excited for mirage um as much as i'm a big fan of the open worlds and um especially odyssey is like the best assassin's creed to date i I stand by that. Assassin's Creed Odyssey was was phenomenal. Um I very much enjoyed the the Ezio trilogy. Uh and um I I was one of the ones that played Unity like 6 months after it came out when all the bugs were fixed and the game ran pretty well uh, on on the Xbox 1 hardware. And I really like that. So as much as I appreciate what they did with um, Assassin's Creed Origins, going into the open world and everything, I can't wait to see or play another, you know, I assume that Mirage is more like a Unity. I don't think they will go back to it being really like the the original trilogy because some of the things in there are outdated. It's just the fact, yeah. But Unity, the, it, at its core, was also a very, very good Assassin's Creed game, man. And what they tried to do with the dense crowds and the 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 way they how they render post processing in, in in the shading and and everything looked super realistic without having like u- uber realistic um, um, texture details. So. I, I wonder where they will go with with uh, Mirage uh, in that regard. And I can't wait to see it um and play it. Um no, no doubt. Um, but I like that they go both ways now and that they keep, of course, the open world. And yeah, feudal Japan, man. It people have been asking for that for a long time. Can't, it it like you said, it's gonna look gorgeous, like colorful and um you, the cherry blossom trees. You, can you imagine the cherry blossom trees in, 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 in the Assassin's Creed game? That's going to be uh, super awesome. But, you know, I'm even more excited to see Project Hexen, where they go like in the dark. German, you're muted, man. That you, You're still muted. You're muted in StreamYard. It shows, can I unmute you, man? Hang on one second. Unmute. No, I can't. I don't know what's wrong. Okay. So Dutch tripped out for a second and then it's just me. But I assume he will be back uh, any second. Uh, Some technical issues. There he is again. I have no idea what happened there. I don't know. I don't know either. I wasn't even to. I pressed the unmute Dutch button, but nothing happened. I was unmuted,
0: and I was like, "I'm not muted. What are you talking about?"
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Never. I don't know. Things happen. what, What we were talking about? We were talking about project hexen where they yes. have like witch hunts uh, in in medieval germany uh, and i of course yeah. want to see that yeah. man
0: the the only thing i don't know what to make of that as yet um i was also saying as well on feudal japan we've seen how beautiful the worlds are that they've created in valhalla odyssey and origins like so beautiful like the, the, the work that they've put into them worlds to make them look how, as good as they are. So I have no doubt Feudal yeah. Japan is going to look beautiful. I have no idea what to expect from Hexen yet. I don't know how that's going to go or how the characters are going to go. And again, one thing I hope that they don't do for both Project Red and Project Hexen is force in the digital modern day aspect into any of these games, Valhalla did not need it at all. At all, in the slightest. Not not even close. I I can understand Mirage going back to its roots being doing whatever it needs Mm. to do. But going forward when they're doing Project Red and Project Hex and like just have them as standalone games that have nothing to do with the animus. Like just leave that to the main line, like the animus is,
1: yeah, unnecessary these days, so unnecessary, it takes you that's out saying, of the like immersion. If you're, doing it
0: with, if you're doing it with Ezio and the original Assassins and Mirage, and, it made that's sense fine. there,
1: yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
0: Fine. But Valhalla, Odyssey, Origins, Project Red, Project and none of those need the animus, none of them. They could, they were perfectly fine without it. Yeah. Valhalla, you only ever went to the animus like three times in 70 hours. Like It was yeah. pretty much just, ah, oh, we'll have to include it somewhere.
1: <laughs> and, you know, everyone was oh just, okay, okay, uh, let me collect this email and that letter, and then let, let's go back. Let's go back. No one actually explored the the, the current day like levels. Like I
0: just did it to see if there was actually anything there, and there was nothing. Like, even near yeah. the end, where just before you jump back in for the final section, and mm. you, you get that twist at the end, and you go back in to jump back into the world, I looked around to see if there was anything going on. There was nothing. Like literally nothing happened. I was like, what a waste of time this. Is, like just stop lumping it into these games.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. No. I do hope that uh, Activision is listening, man. Um I do hope uh, not Activision. Yeah. Sorry.
0: You better listen. <laughs>
1: Activision, you better listen, man. <laughs> By the way, Activision. Um, yes. <laughs> we, we're not talking about the ABK deal. I wanted to talk to you about something else that I read this week about yes. um, Activision. So not not, not, not ABK. Um, there are actually other news. And I was wondering how, how, what would you say about this? Because there was an outcry of the Activision employees uh, because... Um, as, some of them are being forced to return to the office. Home office, permanent home office is over. They want to have a certain amount of days uh, in the week where the workers will return to the office. And um, yeah, the anger is is big from, from some of the workers at Activision Blizzard that they have to spend at least a couple of days per week in, in the office. What do you think?
0: About this. I mean, I can understand it. I can absolutely understand it. Um you've got to it's there's only so much that can be done in remote work.
1: Yeah.
0: Where it there's there's numbers of factors, there's, there's there's benefits to it on a mental health side of view as well. <clears throat> By that I mean if you're in, I can understand if you've got family and things like that, you're going to get to see your family a lot more, which is absolutely awesome. But if you're only task, for instance, if you're working a six-day week for a game developer or a five-day week for a game developer, and they're saying out of that five-day week, you've got to be in the office two of those days, you're still having, like... Yeah,
1: <laughs> three days at home. Three, five days at home, two days yeah, at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Every week, like... I'm sorry, I can understand people loving to do that. And yeah, you've got to go in the office maybe twice a week, but there's gonna be benefits to that. Um the the some of the benefits are again, like I say, the mental health around the team. It's making sure that the team bonds correctly, it's getting to know your team correctly, not just digitally across cameras. Like as much as we enjoy interacting with each other here we'd much rather be able to do this and like chat with each other face to face and have these Absolutely. conversations face to face of course it's only distance that pre- that prevents that um of course one day we'll get the entire gang together and we'll, we'll be able to chat about everything and just have fun but yeah. again there is a there is a, a, an entirely different social aspect especially when you're in a team that works on something and it's not like a regular job where you just like And by regular job, I mean, my, like, your your standard deadlines and you've got, right, okay, this is done. And this once this is finished, then this goes over here and that's done. And now it's on the next one. Yeah. You're working on a game for, like, six, five, six, seven years, one thing for five, six, seven years. It's not like you're working on a singular project and then moving on to another project and then moving on. You're working on one thing for six to seven years at a time. It's a massive amount of time. And this, you'll be working with that team for that minimum amount of time as well, unless you're a project worker, of course, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, contract worker. Um, the benefits, both socially and as a team, bit team building specifically, uh, is much better. You can also bounce ideas off through each other much quicker. So you can go in and yeah. you, can, you can kind of sit there instead of just sitting on a camera and saying this X, Y, and Z, and then you're not really paying attention. Because let's face it, how many people are going on these conference calls are actually fully paying attention to everything at all given time i know you are but you're the manager
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> even then no i'm i'm fully with you i i don't i'm um uh <laughs> that's that's the thing yeah yeah uh, you you're also do stuff so in in the meeting room by the way but you can't do it so so easy <laughs> like how many times do you pull out like your smartphone during a meeting and do this like hmm. Uh, okay, and just switch off the camera and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm fully with you. We have the same thing here in, in the company I work. We have like uh, two days a week where we all go into the office and the other three days everyone can do what they want, uh, stay at home or come to the office. Um, yeah. And honestly, I have to say, I know we have also a lot of people that are being like, well, it worked for the last two years. Why do I have to come to the office? Um, but I noticed that our team acts as a team again. We were not a team during the pandemic, and there's nothing anyone has ever told or shown me that it worked in the, in the other teams. Um, that's
0: the difference. That's the difference. is loads of individual workers. Exactly. There aren't teams, it's it. just loads of individuals.
1: I see you because know along, my team like,
0: That's the thing when you're trying to manage a your team yourself what you're yeah. not what you're not doing is managing the team when everyone's remote what you're doing is managing yeah. 12 individuals individually exactly.
1: <laughs> you manage individual the work and I've seen it with a lot of things that are innovations everyone did their job from their home everyone I'm... but the difference is we did, we didn't do a lot of new things we didn't uh, attack the things that we, we, we wanted to improve, where we uh, wanted to develop innovations. We didn't do that uh, at home because it's nearly impossible. Those kind of things that ha- happen when you go together to l- lunch, when you ha- have a coffee uh, together uh, uh, during a break, or when you just simply sit in a room and discuss things on the same table looking at the same screen pulling out uh, um, a paper and doing sketches or whatever using a whiteboard is different when you do it in teams or when you do it in person and the second thing is is the personal relationships in between the team members um, we have a couple of colleagues uh, new colleagues in in our team that started in the last two years like we have one guy who was worked in our team and i didn't see him in person for an entire year i knew nothing about the guy except that he did a good job but i i wasn't i didn't know about his hobbies i didn't know uh, anything about how is his wife doing what what is his wife doing or uh, does he have kids you don't talk about these things in teams calls and so while i have a lot of people in the team as well that say well it worked for the last 2 years uh, why would I need to come back to the office now i feel like it's it's good for the for the team it's good for the environment so yeah um it's like
0: it's, it's essentially what they're trying to do is and, and correct me if I'm wrong you said that they have to come in for a couple of days a week or a number, a two number days. of days so two days if that's the case then that's hybrid working <coughs> it's not exactly. like good it's not being forced to go back into the office like Elon Musk did with the Twitter staff and making them sleep there, for instance, like yeah, that's yeah. complete opposite end of the scale. If it's hybrid working's absolutely fine. If you've only got to go in for two days a week, I mean, you can essentially t- treat it as a day out. Like, sure. <laughs> you, you've got you can Honestly, go to the office. The I'm glad friend.
1: when I can go at least a day or two uh, uh, in a week uh, into the office because otherwise I'm only sitting in this room. Like, I work in this room here. I do the podcast yeah. in this room. I game in this room. Yeah. Um, but then, hey, and then and then
0: you you love your family. I know everybody loves yeah. their families,
1: but there Absolutely. comes a the
0: point where you want to strangle them.
1: <laughs> my, and, uh, you know what my wife and I did? Um, yeah. in the in the beginning when the pandemic started, we both worked from home. Separate rooms. She, yeah, 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 yeah. But we only have like <laughs> one spare room, so this room where I work. So, yeah. and she was sitting on the kitchen table and worked from the kitchen table but of course when i went for coffee in between two meetings or um get something to drink or i don't know yeah i always walked by her and you had these brief conversations like oh the, that last meeting that was so awful and um and now and it didn't work like after six months or so into the pandemic we were like I don't. I don't want to talk to you during my workday. I just don't yeah. because at the end of the day, you had nothing to talk about. We were sitting at the dinner table, and it's usually where the kids come together, the wife. and We all sit together at the dinner table. Everyone talks about their day, and and you know, we didn't have that, and yeah. it, it, it's kind of sucked. So we we built basically uh, a a desk into our. Um, in our bedroom. Uh, and now she has her office there, and I there, and we don't see each other the entire day, basically, uh, unless we want to. And that's, I love her, but that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> so, saying, having the ability to go into the office, there are certain, like, again, you're not going to like everybody that you work with, but there's certain people that you actually enjoy with. And especially when you're doing something that is, you are essentially working as a team. So, for instance, sales aspects or gener- generic office aspects where you kind of just mm. left your own devices because your stuff is kind of autonomous. So you need to do the work, the work gets done, you pass that work on, that's fine. There's no team requirement there. And I can understand people who work from home who do want to go back to the office that don't really have a team requirement for their role. Like if you're just doing back office stuff or HR work and things like that, yeah. Like you don't necessarily need to be around if you're in accounts person for instance or working in accounts you don't necessarily need to be in the office at all times you might need to go in for a meeting once a month to clarify a couple of kind of financial details but you don't need to be there but if you're working on the front line as boxy does or i do or a game developer would having a role that requires you to have a team building mentality or work within a team it's going to be far more fluid to go in at least once or twice a week, speaking about some of the issues you've got, some of the issues you might do, overcome those things. Instead of trying to dial that person who doesn't pick up first time around because he's going to get a coffee, you try catching them again on Skype or Teams and still not back at the desk or they've, they've set themselves to busy and they're just ignoring the team's calls unless it's from the boss. Mm. The dynamic's not there. And when you're yeah. you working in an, a creative environment, Bouncing ideas off each other, bouncing ideas off your, your friends, yeah, building a relationship with those people that you're going to be working very closely with over the next six to seven years throughout the, the project, I think is kind of tantamount to success. Now, we know Bungie have said, oh, we've created Lightfall entirely remotely, and it's been fantastic. Good. Good yeah. for you. But not to say that it works for every company, and I think certain companies need to have a little bit more rigidity. And if the likes of Activision, for instance, say, listen, we feel that you need to get some kind of rigidity back into this and we need to have some form of hierarchy and placement here. Like at the end of the day, there's still there's still things that they can do where they can't monitor what you're doing from home and they want to be able to see how how good you are. And if things are falling behind deadlines, they want to know that. I mean, we've seen it. Everything got batting.
1: delayed. If if, yep. if you would work as efficiently at, at home as you do in the office, we wouldn't have had that. Yeah. Thanks. To, yeah. So it's, it's a after, simple after fact. I've yeah.
0: said this numerous times, and this is mainly because, of course, ADHD and autism and things like that. But if I was to work, and this is why our industry did not, we just went furlough. Our industry could not have worked in the office during the pandemic, and they couldn't mm-hmm. have worked at home during the pandemic either. It wouldn't have worked. Where, like, you just don't have the same mentality when you're in a buzzing office where everybody's just hammering it and everyone's really focused and getting things done. Then you're sitting in the house by yourself, and you need to have the same mentality. Nobody else around it's you. Different. Just you. Yeah. you just don't have the same drive. And again, that's why I was like, I am so glad I'm not, because I I know for a fact that I would not work well at at home by myself when it's in a yeah. creative space and I'm making little things and stuff like that. Even then, when I'm creating things, I like to be speaking to people. So if I'm making an overlay or if I'm making a video or something like that, I'll be kind of trying to show yeah. people what I'm doing or like, okay, bounce ideas off people Yeah. I have to be I, I can't sit there and do it myself because even even when i'm creating things i'm like looking at it i'm going it's like three o'clock in the morning now and I, i've got nobody to show because everyone's asleep but i'm still on this hyper focus mode and i need yeah. to kind of bounce an idea off someone so i'll wait i'll send it to people wait for it oh. the next day
1: see what the thoughts are By The way uh, <laughs> if people wonder who people are sometimes people are, am i <laughs> so that should i always send always like thumbnails and i don't know stuff uh back and forth uh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: we bounce yeah. ideas off each other quite frequently for all of this stuff. Indeed, so. <laughs> Indeed we do. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, man. Last topic. Okay, last topic before we go to the community questions. Spend another yes. hour there.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, your favorite country, the Saudi Arabia, uh, as the biggest new game investor, is now an even bigger shareholder of Nintendo.
0: Yes. Um, yes, indeed. Increased the percentage to seven percent, I think, or yes, by a seven, seven
1: seven point zero eight percent. Um, uh, is uh, of Nintendo is now owned by Saudi Arabia, and we have seen them make quite a Public lot of moves. Fund, PIF.
0: Pardon me. Is it called PIF, Public Investment Fund of
1: Saudi Arabia? If you say so. Uh,
0: and on. The only reason I know this is because they own Newcastle United you're right yeah (laughs) um who have also got an esports company that are now sponsoring Newcastle united that is part of pif which is also part of the greater thing that they're trying to do with nintendo so (laughs) it's like a whole knock-on effect Mm. to be honest i've seen a glimpse of what they're doing with a little slither of money just for sections of the esports community over in Saudi Arabia and this is like pocket change to them. You should see how well equipped their esports and their e like their digital gaming segments are in these um in Saudi Arabia just for f- fans and players. They are so much better and so much mm. more well equipped than anything I've seen anywhere else in the world. It is next level detailed. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um but PIF are not messing around like they don't they don't care like they they understand they've got people that hate Saudi Arabia for their human rights records yeah that's something entirely different we can get about how bad people are for certain things but as an investment company they are not stupid <laughs> yeah they,
2: <laughs> they are, know,
0: know they they know exactly what they're investing in um they have a plan to invest 32 billion into video games um over the coming years um and that is only going to continue growing, they, they, the reason they're not stupid is because they know that is the largest multimedia market on the planet, bar yeah. none. They know it's going to make money. They know if they invest in it, it Absolutely. will definitely make the returns. And if you're talking about AAA game development as well, if they invest into a game development company, or if they created a game dev company, for a company like PIF, who spends... Billions, they bought the WWE for something like three, four billion the other week. Just, just why not? <laughs> like, yeah. Just like they do. It's this frequent, like the Saudi Arabia, the Formula One, the uh, large investors in the F1. There's the Gulf, the live golf. Yeah, They're totally branching yeah. out.
1: I mean, yeah. yeah, oil is is coming to an end in a decade or so. Yeah, they need investments uh, everywhere. So they're taking all of
0: this oil money and they're reinvesting it into other segments so that they grow and grow and grow, but they're doing it so smartly. And they're getting the best in the business to manage these different areas and markets to make sure that it performs as expected. But when you're talking about AAA game development, Nintendo, as you mentioned there, having a, a, a much larger investment in Nintendo, you know where it is, that's a big thing for them. I think it's a big thing for for the company as a whole when it comes to how they can approach things going yeah. forward as well. Because what they do is if they essentially when they say, okay, well, we need an additional 30, 40, 50 million for this um, to, to make this game or for this hardware or this technology, can we do it to push this forward? PAF will go absolutely. Go for it. If this is pushing technology forward, let's do it. Um, We've seen that for us, like for just as a going back to sports for Newcastle, they purchased Newcastle for 350 million, which is pocket change to them. They've already invested 250 on staff. Um, they're investing on a brand new training ground. They've already retrofitted and repaired the current training ground. They're going to be expanding the stadium this is just from their own things. They've give every bit staff in the stadium uh, pay rise. Um, anyone who works for the club's got a pay rise. like they are no holds barred. If it needs improved, they will get the improvements done. They do thorough investigations on what areas of the business needs improvements and they tackle them one by one. Okay, so what area is faulty? What area needs improvements first? Mm-hmm. Which are the worst areas, right? We'll tackle them like now how much money do you need to get that fixed this much? Right. Let's do it. And that's the way if they approach AAA game in the way that they approach investment. So if someone goes to them and says, right, I've got this idea for a a brand new star Wars game, just to theoretically a brand new star Wars game, it's going to be this huge open world. It's going to have this moral system like KOTOR, but it's going to be more of an RPG where it's a single player kind of experience uh, but it's going to cost about 150 million to create at least um PIF a goal okay let's get it done what what do you need like what what we what we yeah. working with here what let's get it done like who do you need let's get this let's get this company built they would do it if it, if they knew the investment return was going to be there if yeah. given the right investment given the right the tools, return of in, the, right the
1: investment is is there um they would yeah just like you just said they they handle these kind of things quite smart um and like unlike any other country they've invested over the last couple of years last years very heavily as a country into into the gaming and uh, and entertainment um industry and so far we have not heard anything that they at least um treat any of their investments in, in any way shape or form badly so well that's yeah, the thing interesting as well is, like
0: un- unlike most and this is what uh, kind of a lot of people don't get about investment companies they are strictly investors they are not owners yeah so unlike Newcastle United where they are majority holders they are 80 percent yeah They have the vast majority of, essentially, they have the purse strings. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We've got other owners that are huge property developers, um, the Rubin brothers, but um, they are um, ultimately the purse strings in the relationship when it comes to that. And that's the way PIF treats all of their projects. Like, we are the purse strings. We are not the people that tell you what to do. You come to us and tell us what needs done, and then we'll discuss the financial aspects of it. Yeah. That's simply all they do. They don't want to get involved in the day-to-day running. If somebody kind of up there that knows or they know somebody that has the technical expertise to put in place, like a director that they may already know that's done well, they'll put them in place just to make sure that the day-to-day running go- goes well. But they will not have any yes, no, or decision-making process in terms of your day-to-day running. Mm. You Tell them what needs done. They'll discuss the financial aspects of that, and then they get it done. Yeah. It's very streamlined. It's it's a really straightforward way of them working, but that's what they want to do. They want to be able to trust their investments, know that their investments and the reason they invest in these things is because they see potential. They don't invest in things that don't see potential. So the only reason they invested in that football club is because the potential has always been there, but they've never yeah. had mm. the funding to do that. Yeah, they've never had the ability. Like, the last owner pretty much had them on... He kept them literally financially, not making profit, but not losing money, and that was it. Just yep. flatlined for a decade. Absolutely flatlined, didn't go anywhere, didn't do nothing. Yeah. But when you've got an entire city of, like, several million people and you're selling out 60,000 fans every week and you haven't won a trophy for, like, 50 years... <laughs> But you're still selling out the stadium. PAF looking at that and going, "Imagine if we invest in that club, and how big that could be. And if they won something, how big that could be? That yeah. could be the next thing they can see that from. A, and they don't even have to spend much. When you're talking about the prices of Man United, or you're talking about the price of Chelsea, or you're talking about the prices of Arsenal or Tottenham, they quoted prices for for buyouts of three to five billion pounds to buy them. And castle was 350 million. So they're seeing that and went, okay, <laughs> that's that's pennies. We'll invest, we'll spend, mm. we'll spend much less, and we'll potentially make that much better. That's exactly how they're tackling the gaming industry. They're going little by little, okay. We'll start off with two percent of Nintendo, we'll increase that to four percent. Yeah, okay, we'll increase it now to seven percent. Okay, <laughs> and this little spiral. Over the years sure. and years and years until it becomes twenty five percent, fifty percent, fifty one percent majority holders. There'll be will come a point a point in yep. time where Nintendo are majority owned by PIF.
1: Crazy times we live in man. Crazy yep. times. There's nothing I can actually add to that. Um and I the agree. the reason I think
0: they you- chose PIF prim- mm. sorry, not chose PIF, chose Nintendo primarily. So they they are the underdogs with a lot left to show. Now, when I say underdogs, I mean from a technological standpoint. PlayStation have got a massive, massive media following everywhere. They're they're in Champions League finals. They're on raceways for Formula One. They're on, like you name it. They are everywhere. PlayStation, from a marketing standpoint, they are a big brand name. Xbox owned by Microsoft, <laughs> the second largest company in the world teetering with first largest company depending on month to month with Apple. they are they don't need investment they have yeah money. Nintendo on the other hand aren't mega rich. they have money, but they're not anywhere near the financial capabilities of Sony. They're not anywhere near the financial capabilities
1: of Microsoft i'm I'm not sure if they're nowhere near Sony no, not even close to Microsoft, no doubt yeah but dude Nintendo got some money I think that oh, the-, the main reason why they chose them is because Nintendo has proven to be like a very very reliable investment they have had success in the entertainment industry for many many decades without bigger up, ups and downs even in their worst days during like the v u they had fantastic numbers um while on on the other side with sony like the launch of the ps3 didn't do well sony had their dips now in the first uh uh, in the second year of 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 the current generation, although they reported some fantastic numbers earlier this, this week, but last year, yeah, they had their issues. Sony hasn't been as as reliable as um, as Nintendo. And then I mean the other more thing...
0: more so. I mean more so on the when you're talking strictly the 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 console front. Now yeah. the Switch phenomenal numbers. But from a hardware perspective, it's terrible. (laughs) Mm. Let's face it, from a hardware perspective, it is a decade behind the Series X and the PlayStation 5. It is miles away from being anywhere near relevant. And I I don't think as well Nintendo want or can afford to do what Xbox and PlayStation can afford to do and take a hit on hardware and sell software. Nintendo are still very, very reliant on making huge margins on the, on the hardware. And as we know, never reduce the prices on the games. <laughs> so they yeah. always make huge margins on the games. There's a reason they do that, of course, and that's because they don't, uh, they don't have their financial cushion that the likes of PlayStation or Xbox do where they know that their games will make up for the shortfall or they know their services can do that. Nintendo don't have a real big service offering. They've got games, they've got hardware, they've got Nintendo Online-ish with an expansion pass, kind of, but it's not really a, a service as as the likes of Game Pass or PS Plus is, where it can bring in new people and it can keep them coming and you've got this monthly residual. Mm. Like, Nintendo Online's not like that. You can literally live without Nintendo Online. Like, there is yeah. nothing in Nintendo <laughs> Online that you need. Whereas on PS Plus, you're getting loads of free games all the time. On Xbox, Game Pass, you've got hundreds of games all the time. You've got service offerings that offer something to people. Nintendo doesn't have that. They rely on hardware and they rely on software from a first-party and perspective. Yeah. What PIS will do is allow them to potentially not so much rely on making huge profits on the hardware or huge profits on the software, And be able to invest that into something more technologically going forward, as opposed to just paying staff and making sure they can retain everybody. I think that's part of the reason Nintendo are as successful as they are, is because they're not investing in certain things that others are. So they've refused to have, I mean, when the Switch came out, it was already years behind everybody else. And there was a reason yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, it, it wasn't Nintendo even safe of the app
1: when it deep. came out. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Nintendo no. refused to to invest in up to date hardware because it would it would break the bottom line. They mm. want to make money off that, and they need to. The absolutely. Xbox and PlayStation do not need to make money on hardware; they can make a loss on hardware, and still be successful. Yeah. Nintendo True. can't. That's the, that's the bottom line, and that's that's where PIF come in. Nintendo can provide that little bit of cushioning going forwards to say, listen, you don't need to worry about the bottom line on how much of an overhead you've got on the consoles, and now you've got the ability to invest in better technology, get a better platform out that's more technologically advanced, stop pushing the boundaries. Then you can make an attack on on the rest of the industry again.
1: Indeed. I'm not sure if, if they want to, uh Attack the industry again. They tried. The last time they tried that was with the GameCube. Yeah, and it wasn't. Re- they weren't really successful. Still, and I, I since they've still gone their own way. Yeah, you know, with the Wii, and then of course the the Wii U can say about what you want, but it wasn't your traditional home console, lesson in. Yeah, it absolutely
0: needs. It needs to be. The Switch needs to be maintained going forwards, but better. We've mm. seen what the Steam Deck can do. Yeah, If the Steam yeah. Deck can do it for the same price, but give you better hardware, there's no excuse, Nintendo. There is zero excuse. Yeah. If Steam can put out a, a, a handheld gaming console that turns into a PC, it's yeah. a hybrid console Yeah, that allows you to play PC-quality games on the move, not Absolutely. mobile games.
1: <laughs> no i agree with you i absolutely yeah. agree with you let me briefly shout out dron Che. he sends in the super chat th- to us thank you man he says hi guys great to see you man hi back to you um yeah dutch an uh, interesting thing uh with with the saudis um investing that heavily into gaming and entertainment in general.
0: Um I wouldn't you know where it is? I wouldn't be surprised because it's not conflict of interest with it being investors and not owners. If they keep their shareholdings below a certain level I think it's but, 21%. After
1: yeah, that you yeah
0: if they keep their shareholdings below a certain level we could see some investment but we might not have heard of it but we might see some investment on Xbox and PlayStation side as well. Um, You could see, uh, I think they might have, PIF might have a little bit of investment with either Embracer or PIF uh, or um, Tencent, but I can't remember which one.
1: I think um, it was Tencent. Yeah. I think it was Tencent. Um but but don't quote me on this. Uh, I would have to Google it <laughs> again.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. I would, don't be surprised if you see PIF name coming up a lot because they're going to be, like I said, they've got thirty. Mm. They've already said thirty-two billion into gaming over the next few years. Um, so it's, it's highly likely you'll see PIF investing in most, if not all, platforms, publishers, Sega, Nintendo, yeah. you name
1: it, <laughs> yep. wherever they see fit indeed all right man enough of the saudis and uh i would say we 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 are more than three hours into the show uh, but we still have a few minutes we have a few minutes for some community questions that's a long jingle man (laughs) all right there we are there we are um so like every wednesday people can send in of course on uh, xbox playstation twitter youtube or on our discord some community questions and um the first one comes in from our good friend fanto sir he asks Hello my collective wizards and witches. You you know already in which direction this uh, question is going but it's a good one. What DLC wish list do you have for Hogwarts Legacy going forward and how uh, likely is it that we'll get it anyway?
0: Ooh, that's a good having completed the game, I don't want to spoil it. Um if there was DLC, it would be Let's see, I can't even say it. I can't even say it without spoiling the end. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to. It would have to be a different direction, but it would be a later year. So, much like you had with the Harry Potter films, where every, although you had this overarching enemy an overarching threat throughout the entire thing, but you didn't quite mm-hmm. learn about it until the latter couple of films where it was Voldemort, and it was all about Voldemort. The first few were learning who Tom Riddle was and learning about this and that, and this bad guy and that bad guy. Mm. The Obviously, you're year five in this one. What it could be is, okay, the next Hogwarts is the next level. It could just be an entirely new game. I don't know if they do DLC. To be honest, I think DLC-wise... Might be a few little side quests. I don't know if it would be like mainline quests or maybe it's just like a kind of a much larger side quest, as it were, a bit like Outer Worlds did with um, their DLCs, which they weren't anything to do with the main story. They were two separate side stories. So it could be something like that. Um, but um, I would also like to see, and I think a lot of people would like to see Quidditch. Now, we know they had Quidditch, we know mm, they that's have interesting there we know they've got all the uniforms there if you stand in out just when you're going out to do the um the little game that you play where you have to pull the ball forward and hit it on a certain mm. mark there's a couple of the kids there with the um with the bats and the ball back and forward yep. to each other so we know that they've got some of the mechanics already in there including ai and how the ai interact with the ball um We know in the original builds before they changed it that Quidditch was in the game but Mm. they never got it mechanically working which is why they removed it and created this whole storyline on somebody got injured and then there was cheaters so that's why we've banned it this year. Um, But then as you progress through the game there's little bits of things where they're trying to get Quidditch back on and so on and so forth. So DLC might have In the future, they might be working on that in the background, trying to get it working, because they've already got everything in. They've got uniforms, they've got the pitch, they've got the bat and ball, they've got the positions already mapped out. They know how it works. It's just mechanically getting it to work. Um, Obviously, when you're floating around and there's a ball floating around and there's a, a golden snitch flying about, you need to have... How is this floating ball that you're whacking around to each other staying in the air at all times, as opposed to falling on the floor? which is what they don't show in the films, is you never see this big, clumpy ball that doesn't have any form of levitating abilities just yep. getting battered around the pitch all the time. <laughs> but but never seems to hit the ground. They need to try and figure that out as well, um, as well as trying to find this tiny little golden snitch that's flying about. Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I
1: think it, when, you, when you play the game and you have to, these broom flying mechanics kind of they're good for traversal but are they good for like playing a quidditch game so you're not like fast enough you not precise enough like but these are things so you I... see that in- include with the dlc so
0: obviously you've got the nimbus 2000 and the nimbus 3000 mm-hmm. come near the end of the film when like they're doing the trials and things you could include those extra brooms in like these quidditch
1: specific quidditch brooms. I mean can... the game is set up. It <laughs> it would be absolutely the logical thing to do. Yeah. And what I could I mean, see them do is that they dive into some side stories. I was like, just about to mentioned the blind guy earlier. I can't remember his name. But the, he was like a really interesting character and he's got this thing going on where he's like he knows how about the the forbidden Uh, spells uh, because he accidentally used one as a child and and like tell his story and and you know you could have like completely different spells and you could have like okay a blind wizard um you could do like really new new gameplay mechanics i would love to see something like that so one of the interesting uh, side characters um, and and make uh, their own story from for for a DLC. So
0: yeah, yeah. But um, another thing I'd like to see, of course, that was restricted to uh, to Hufflepuff. Mm. This time, obviously, they got to have a brief glimpse on Azkaban, but even that was just a brief glimpse. Um, I'd love to see a little side quest where Azkaban's involved. Mm and you go and like uh, someone's broke out from azkaban and you've got to go and you've got to go and kind of find them or you've got to go and stop mm. them or hunt them down or something just like yeah. a, a little side story to do with azkaban would be absolutely awesome a little bit of a darker story like this evil guy who's murdered loads of people's broke out from azkaban and like we haven't seen any death eaters at all not death eaters um no, not at- what do you call them the um the ghost things that are above them
1: Um. Oh, uh, what are they called?
0: <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about,
1: don't you? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, you haven't the, seen the protectors them. Protectors of Hogwarts. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and the the protectors of um of Azkaban that kind of take the souls yeah. out of people. You yeah. haven't seen them in the game, like. So we haven't the mentors. Like, mentors, uh, the one. Thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There, that's the one there. Fanto was saying Patronus, Patronus having Patronuses and having Dementors mm. and things like that. Yeah, bring that in, like expand, bring this magic in. That would Absolutely. be cool,
1: man. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of potential. But it is, you know, um, it
0: is what we were saying beforehand as well is I think the success of this IP would definitely justify a further one. Like where you either either later on in the school years where you like just be like the year just before yeah. you graduate or something like that. Um yeah, your final year at Hogwarts, um, and you kind of and something really evil goes down, and it's, it doesn't have to be the same story. That's the great thing about this world is it can be an entirely different story with an entirely different villain. Yeah. And and you've got such a breadth of areas to go to. Like I didn't expect. Because what we were talking about with Fantastic Beasts as being a side project, but Hogwarts has got Fantastic Beasts in it. Yeah. You've got the bag from Fantastic Beasts, you go out and collect them, you put them in a vivarium, you look after them and like all of that stuff. I didn't yeah. expect from the game. I had absolutely no idea that was in it, and ended up with like thirty different beasts in different areas, kind of treating them all That's and looking after cool. them, petting them, feeding yeah. them. <laughs> I'm like this is like so expansive, so they could do so much with this game. Um, so much.
1: But uh um, Ferris MD writes in and says, Do you think that Nintendo have the right to price the new Zelda for 70 bucks? Since the game is still um it still runs on old hardware. And thank you. Whenever I have time, I always tune in. No, thank you, man. Um i know we see you um, in the chat on a regular basis we see you on 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 twitter on a regular basis appreciate you man so dutch 70 dollars for zelda justified or not
0: not for me i'm not a zelda fan anyway <laughs> um what i did like what i did like nintendo coming out and saying though and we've seen that with the remastered version of uh. Um, was $40, like literally same day. Metroid, $40. Zelda, $70. What they've said is it's a case-by-case basis. If this game's cost us a lot more to make, then we're going to be charging more for it, essentially is what they're saying here. If it doesn't cost us as much to make, then we're not going to be charging $70. So if unlike, and this is why we have a go at Sony all the time for the same thing if you're you're not spending two 150 200 million doing a remake of the last of Us one but you're charging seventy dollars for mm. the privilege that doesn't make sense if you're if you're spending 200 million pounds on or 250 million on last of Us part three and you need to recoup that money then then it's slightly understandable that you would have a higher price point of entry yeah but when you're doing a remake of something that's already there and you're not spend you're spending fifty million making that remake or something, or even less, then don't charge like this. Is the perfect from in my opinion, perfect from Nintendo. We don't want to justify $70 games, but if they're saying, listen, it's a case by case basis. If it's cost us money, a lot of money to make, then we're gonna be charging more money for entry. If it's not mm. costing us as much money to make, then we'll not charge that much money to for entry. And if you have a look at the historically, I mean Pokemon people kind of still laugh at that, but that wasn't like highly priced. You could pick that up for forty-five pound, brand new. Like, it wasn't wasn't expensive. You look at Metroid; that's forty, brand new. That's not expensive, and that's arguably a really brilliant game. It's reviewed. It's sitting at ninety-seven or something ridiculous. Like it's it's case by case basis. That's exactly how it should be. It shouldn't be blanket. It should never be blanketed. And that's what we've tried to be saying to to Sony for all this time, mm. and what we'll continue to say to Microsoft. Is we can understand on certain scenarios where you might charge seventy for a game, yep. like a Starfield, where it's three hundred hour game and it's took ten years to build. <laughs> That's fair enough. If you charge seventy for that game, you charge seventy for that game. That's took a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of time to create. Yep. If you're, if a game's took two years to make and you've spent half the budget on it, you absolutely better not be charging the same price as that other game.
1: Amen to that, man. Amen yep. to that. Um I mean with with Microsoft, we at least have the option to play the games through game pass, so again, for me, that's not a big deal um that they have increased to 70. However, with Nintendo, I thought the same when I saw this. man <clears throat> um this is this is ridiculous uh. The games run at like twenty five FPS, and we have to uh, pay now even more. But then, like you said, on the other hand, at least, at least they um, do it on a case by case basis, and it's kind of weird to say that out loud. But that's like consumer friendly approach to the price increase. I, I wouldn't have expected that from Nintendo. <laughs> you know, the the, my, the company that sells you the game, same games, uh, each generation over and over and over again. But yeah, um, we shall see man, uh, well, how many games they will actually price at a cheaper point than 70. Um, so yeah, but man, that sh- I think that wraps the show up. It has been a blast, man. It has been a blast. Um, more than th- almost three and a half hours um, of awesome topics. You see what what is so weird? Everyone was like, dude, that was a light news week. There's really nothing to talk about this week. I thought, man, we had some awesome topics here to discuss. We had... What did we discuss here? Look, we, we discussed, of course, Starfield. We <laughs> what dis-
0: did not we discuss?
1: <laughs> yeah, Hogwarts, Jedi, the Unreal Showcase, Ubisoft, and the E3. Uh, working from home, Saudi Arabia, Nintendo, we discussed. Um, Tomb Raider. There, there's so much we just, uh, discussed because there's always something awesome to talk about in gaming, and that's that's why this hobby is so fantastic. And I feel very privileged to do that, not just with you, but with the entire community that came here today again uh, and listened to us um, and interacted with us. And, and of course, a big shout out to everyone who also listens on the podcast services around the globe. So uh, thank you also for tuning in each and every week. But Dutch, let people know what you are working on, what you're coming up.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't got much coming up, to be honest. Back to podcasting again next week. Mm. Um, I'm not really working on anything as yet. The game showcase doesn't... um, The indie game showcase isn't until April, so I'll not be starting that until next month. Um, In March, I'll be starting that. Um, But um, other than that, you can find me on... uh, game on daily on saturday with gaz. Um, oh. So, yes, you'll see me there. Um potentially weekend edition of the podcast this sunday. Um we'll see if there's any other news or anything to break down. Um we'll see. If not then maybe maybe stream a game. I'll have already finished Hogwarts by that point. So Let's
1: play some age, man. Yes. Might stream some age. Let's stream that? Let's let's stream age.
0: Yes let's stream some age
1: (laughs) all right Uh, yeah
0: yeah other than that of course people in chat if you don't already follow me you can find me everywhere at wondering and as, as usual as boxy mentions the ails are down below so exactly yeah it's a pleasure as always chaps and everyone in chat ladies and gents and whatever else you want to be classified as
1: yeah, indeed indeed yeah so also again a big thank you from my side um like i said it's a privilege uh, to be able to do that each and every week uh so really appreciate you guys um yeah we will be back of course next week um with a with a very interesting guest uh hopefully uh and um other than that i will be Of course, uh, next week on the Midweek Mixer podcast. Uh, I will also be around um, on a couple of other shows. Uh, I honestly uh, forgot whether it's next week or the week after. I have to look that up. So anyways, um, that's it for today, guys. Thank you again. Keep it up. And don't forget to game
2: on.